Holman, something arrived in the mail and okay. then got put right into my bathroom. Like right I don't right want to know what that is. <laughs> I guess oh, that's wait, no, no. Squatty potty. Squat. Oh, uh, no, I'm not a fan of the squatty potty. Okay. No, so my wife knows where I read magazines. Uh-huh. So when the brand oh, thank God new for issue. still reading magazines. Yeah, thank so, thank, so thanks to uh, my wife. Uh, I, I do do my business, uh-huh. and what am I looking at? Brand. What, by the way, what business is that? Is that, that? Uh, lawn mowing? Uh, uh, yeah, mowing the lawn. Okay, yes. uh-huh. yeah, mowing, mowing the lawn in the restroom. Uh-huh. Yes, extruding. Oh, you work <laughs> at an extrusion factory. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, a uh, pudding factory. Put pudding. Yes, uh-huh. Exactly. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, do you uh, do you take uh, teams to the Super Bowl? Let's Why not. Uh, no? Let's not talk no, about not this. Going. Let's just go right onto my subject. Right. Let's. Talk. But you. I'm sorry I brought it. up. The, I, I didn't mean to talk about what I was doing in the bathroom. I'm just saying it's like so the so the wife has the uh-huh. magazine stack yeah. and I'm looking at the brand new issue of Truckin' oh, magazine. Oh, I see it. Yeah. And look at the cover uh-huh. of Truckin' and what does it say? A Titan among truck builds. And check it out, it's a uh, current generation Titan that is as low as one can get. That is exactly right. So this one is owned by Chad Chris from uh, Puyallup, is that how you pronounce it? I have no idea. I don't know, but Washington, somewhere in Washington. Yeah, that's and cool. This build. is an all-white Titan slambegoed. Yeah, and that thing it is, is so super low. sexy. So when you're in your Walgreens or you your know, CVS a, or whatever, not dude, all trucks look good lowered and lifted. And I got to tell you, the Titan looks good both directions. Isn't that weird that it does? It look. I'm looking. So they look at the bed. That it's bed is gore- badass. Uh, so it's like hardwood with aluminum strips, and it's like dark. Is that what you call that teak? Uh, mahogany, tea, mahogany, like yeah. really dark wood. Yeah, hard so to tell because you can really, stain wood any color. So who knows? Really nice execution on this thing. So anyway, I'm just enjoying my cover of uh, Trucking with the Titan on the uh, on the cover. Very cool. Uh, speaking of wood beds, I uh, went over. That's and- what she said. <laughs> I, I took our uh, friend Jonathan Ward from Icon up on his offer. Oh, you did. I went up to uh, the Icon factory. Okay, and I got to drive the two hundred ninety-one thousand dollar Bronco. No, you did so, not. Gave me a tour, and by the way, you wait, wait. You drove in it or you drove it? So we were walking around, and he showed me that Thriftmaster truck that had the. Uh, Old ancient peat bog wood in it. Yeah, so I got to touch that. Oh, that the one cool. that was like super, super dense that he shipped over from Europe. Uh, so that was there. Okay, and uh, well, no wait, was the wood worth it? It was very nice. It was well done. Icon just does everything so nicely, right? And so no, but it, no, no, I'm not saying about the icon quality yes. of Icon. I'm saying was the wood worth it? I think so. That's what she said. <laughs> so anyway, I uh, uh, that's enough for the show. I won't keep doing that. Sorry. I highly doubt that that's true because you just can't help yourself. It's almost like picking your nose; like you just can't stop. I can. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. Anyway, yeah. so um, we walk around the corner, and there it is—the two hundred ninety-one thousand dollar, the world's most expensive Bronco. Remind me what color it is. It's orange. It's Harvest Orange, which was an original Ford color with a Wimbledon white top. And so we're looking at it, and Jonathan's showing me all the cool stuff about it. And he's, you know, like, hey, this is a cool feature we added here. How do you like this? We did that. I mean, it's just it, the list is is endless. Uh, Coyote powered. It's got a, uh, a a manual transmission, the whole thing. And he goes, let me go get my wallet. And he disappears. So I'm taking pictures of the engine and taking pictures of other stuff that's in the shop. And, uh, he, and those pictures are on our Instagram now, at Truck Show Podcast. Correct? At Truck Show Podcast. Great. And so uh, he gets in on the passenger side. And I'm standing by the passenger door. He goes, get in. You drive. Yes. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. It is in a part of his shop, which is augured between two lifts. (laughs) There are parts everywhere. I have to back it off the lift and not hit anything. Okay. To the right. So wait, wait, hold on. You're you're between the uprights of the lift? Yes. Okay. I have to back it up to the right, then back it up to the left to go through a door. 
And then I've got to pull forward to the right to go down the aisle that this Bronco was on. Meanwhile, there's a truck on a hoist and it's up in the air, guess what bumper height it is? The same as the windshield on the Bronco. <laughs> so now I'm trying to avoid hitting the other truck, the other you know quarter of a million dollar truck on a hoist, and I have to drive it through down a ramp. And and, and, and the coyote, this meanwhile, is just wanting to lurch forward. Right. Yeah. It's awesome, right? And uh, he trusted me to do all that. He's oh, like, wow. yeah, here, you drive. And I'm like, I okay. And of, of course I did fine in it. Um, and he and I, he's like, drive wherever you want. And we drove all over Chatsworth. And it was the tightest, best riding, most awesome. Everything felt so integrated. I know sometimes you get in vehicles like that, and it just doesn't feel like the pedal has the right sensitivity or the brakes or fuel. No, this was a completely drivable Bronco. Freaking awesome. I was so stoked that I had that opportunity to. So to our friend Jonathan Ward over at Icon 4x4, um, I thank you for that opportunity and sharing your shop with me and all the cool things you have going on. Totally awesome to have him on the show again. That was the second time, and, yeah. and the invite to the shop, I couldn't pass up. I tried to get you to go with me. Yeah, I, I, I can't go. The boss, the boss is out of town, out. so I'm holding things down, and uh, yeah, I just I felt too guilty to leave, but I'm glad that you went and you could yeah. take photos. No, it was it was awesome. So I uh, got a few photos, had a great conversation, and that brings me to this episode, yeah. where we have another icon on the show. It's a good name. Uh, icon Vehicle Dynamics. Right. So we've got Dylan and Jeremy coming on from Icon Vehicle Dynamics to talk uh, suspension, and then also a return guest, our buddy Steve Sanders from uh, Cummins. loves me some Steve Sanders. So he's got some Cummins news he wants to share with our audience. Before that, we have to thank our presenting sponsor, Nissan. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, and also their new Fender audio system. They've got the Titan boxes. You can get the Cummins 5-liter XD. Oh, I love that 5-liter. Oh, man. So uh, we'll talk to uh, Steve a little bit, I think, about the Cummins 5-liter and the XD, but we're going to try and get one of the Cummins engineers to come on and tell us all about that engine. Yes, please. Meanwhile, we've got uh, guys uh, in the diesel industry doing... uh, Calling each other out and doing clapbacks, so we'll get into that a little bit, too. <laughs> yes. And we can't forget our friends over at Decked, Decked.com, for all your storage solution needs. So, like, if you've got stuff rolling around in your bed, maybe you're a bowman. Maybe and you a have bowman. A bowman. Yeah, you're a bowman. And you need to store, somewhere to store your quiver. Uh-huh. Right? I don't even know what a quiver is. Uh, what He's, if you uh, are a avid pool enthusiast and you have pool noodles? Pool noodles. <laughs> <That Because laughs> you wouldn't want your pool noodles to blow out on the freeway, no, but you, you can put s- them in the drawers of a deck right. And they're so valuable, you need to lock oh, them up. You need to have a lot of pool noodles because somebody will take those right off the back of your truck. Exactly. You know what I do with the pool noodle is that I'll submerge it I in don't the want pool. To know no, no, I submerge it. And sit on it. And then this, no, well, no, you, of course you do that. But like when it's not being sat on, uh-huh. right, I fill it with water. When one end is underwater, but just beneath the surface, and you have water in the tube, and you blow on the other end, uh-huh. and you can go... And then blow Boom! water out. And it just, no, it's not a stream because it's just beneath the surface. So when you finally break the meniscus or that of the, <laughs> well, the okay. of the pool noodle <laughs> under the water, it just explodes. Try it. Listen, pool noodle, one end on your mouth, it's full of water. But you have to one take end, it out of the decked box first. Yes, exactly. The decked box that's in your Titan. Right. Okay. So one end on your mouth. Huge, and it's gonna hurt because it's so hard to blow that you know the water all the way through. I've heard and for the, you, it's not. And the, <laughs> that's right. And the other side is just under the surface of the pool. Okay. And it just goes, poof, and it goes like 15 feet in the air. Now that we're in spring and it's starting to get to be pool weather soon, I yes. appreciate your pool pro tip. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we can't thank Nissan and Decked enough. But uh, I think it's time to start the show. It is the truck show. We're gonna show you what we know. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones. 
Truck Show. It's the Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. I've had to start turning you down a little bit during this intro because you're overpowering the music. So I and I'm not even facing the mic. I'm like away. I know you're pointing the other way. You're pointing at the walls that we're we're not going to even be in these walls very soon. I know it's kind of sad. Like this has been our home for a year and we're leaving. This is our very last show episode. We lasted 63 episodes. And now we're being kicked out. Well, the first two were at K-Rock. That's true. Yeah. They didn't approve. We just did it there anyway. And five of them <laughs> were at SEMA. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to miss this place, though. I'm actually excited. So you work at Motor Trend. That's yes. your day job. That's and you're job. you're in there in their office kind of by LAX, Los Angeles yeah, International Airport, yep. right? El Segundo over there. And because uh, what's the song? Did you lose your wallet in El Segundo? Uh, no, but that's funny because people say that all the time. Of course they do. Yeah. Because you've never heard of this town called El Segundo. Unless you've heard that song. Yeah. And we're going to this studio, and I'm excited for – I it's new for me, but all the stars of your favorite Motor Trend on-demand shows are going to be hopefully roaming the halls. Yep. Um, you got – I know a lot of your coworkers who are super cool. Yep. And I'm just excited it, it, well, so, to be in a different atmosphere. And we're in a warehouse. You guys yeah. don't know this. We don't talk about it that much. But like – so Motor Trend uh, um, has a lot of show cars. And they have to keep these show cars in a – and they have spare magazines and car parts and wheels and all stuff. But they have quite a few show cars, and they're in a warehouse, in a, in a plane Along warehouse. Along with the four-wheeler events trailer and the, uh, in the Nissan NV uh, truck trend van. Oh, that's right. Also in the warehouse. Yeah, cool van. And so they needed just this generic plane wrap warehouse with no sign on the building because they don't want to call attention to it because they have $4 million in cars back here, crazy hot rods and whatnot. But the, in the front – they have this little, what is this? Uh, it's like a two by four drywall office. There's like yeah, a couple bathrooms. Yeah, but it's like, how big is this? A, what, uh, 10 by 10 square? No, or it's like, like yeah, 14 by 12, 14, I think is what Okay, it is, so yeah. it's bigger than an easy up tent. Yeah, but barely. But barely. And we've had, <laughs> what, five people in here before yeah, during a show? And so this has been great to us. And we put the stuff on the walls. We got our signs. and you know, all you know, professional. You know, this, this was funny because when we first started the podcast, we didn't have a studio. And so we had to sh- sort of do the first ones at K-Rock, which is where we used to work at the K-Rock studios. Yep. And they sounded super professional. And then I went, uh-oh, how are we going to make the rest of our shows sound like that? Because we don't have a studio. So you got the room and I got the gear. Yep. So we we, uh, we got the room and the gear. And uh, this has been our home. And it's our it's embarrassing, quite frankly, to have guests <laughs> in it because they're like, what is this place? Well, so, they roll up and there's no sign. Nothing. And, they, and, and the first room, the entryway it's is- just- Carpet and it's dark. Carpet and dark. Yeah. yeah and dank. And, and then they come in our room and they're like, oh, this isn't too bad. Yeah. yeah. And so we kind of made a home out of this. And it's been, uh, it's it's got us off the ground. Uh, but the powers that be have uh, asked us to move to Motor Trend headquarters. And we have, we're going to be building a new podcast studio back in the photo studio. It's across from our shop where Hot Rod Garage is filmed along with Roadkill um, and a bunch of those garage shows. So guys like Tony and Lucky and Finnegan and Freiberger are always back there filming. And I'm hopeful that what that means is we can go, hey, guys, we're recording tonight. Can you come be on the show? And you guys can get more access to some of your favorite Motor Trend people. By the way, he says we're hoping. We have no idea if that's going to materialize. But we're in a great spot. We have a more professional dig. It's going to be fun. So uh, anyway, we just uh, wanted to let our listeners know that enjoy this with us. This is our last last night here in uh, old Santa Ana. Yeah, I don't think we're sad. Are we sad? Um, I'm a little bit sad because you and I built this out of nothing, right? And we built this city. Uh, we built this on city rock and roll. on rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we we did it on a shoestring budget, 
And we did it when nobody believed in us. And we, <laughs> by the way, they still don't. And they still don't. No, no. We we did it before we had an audience. We had zero, you know, zero listeners. And they said, "All right, we'll give you the spare office equipment. You can take the casting couch." And by the way, the casting couch is going with us to the new place. Um, and uh, and we built this with Amazon uh, tiles and uh, some foam core signs. And and in the beginning, if you've been listening for a long time, you know it was Harbor Freight blankets are what our sound sure, was. Yeah, do and we, we still have those? Yeah, but I think we put them in the trailer so we could use them for other things that weren't our, the walls of our studio. Um, anyway, the new studio is going to be awesome. Super looking forward to it, but uh, a little bit bittersweet because we built this from uh, from nothing, and and now the company says you guys uh, might have something here. Come come be part of the it's family. It's like we're graduating. Oh, oh no, you know, we were at the kids' table. Yeah, yeah, we were at the kids' table, and for Thanksgiving dinner, it's when uh, Grandpa, not even Dad, it's when Grandpa looks over and he winks at you and he goes, there's a seat open next to me. Yeah. And uh, that's that, that's what we're doing. Does Grandpa give us a sip off his uh, his beer? Heck yeah, he does, except oh, it's yeah. not beer. It's uh, whiskey? Bourbon. Oh, it's bourbon. <laughs> it is. Oh, sweet. All right, so uh, I think it's time to get into our very first guest, and uh, he loves you. In what way? Our listeners. Okay. And he has a present for our listeners. Oh, wait, oh so I thought you were talking to me like he loves me. He, well, I mean, he loves us and like as a collective. Okay. He loves the truck show, and uh, he wants to uh, offer a gift to our listeners, and I think we should dial. Are you talking about Steve Sanders from Cummins? Uh, absolutely. Dial! I uh, am going to call our good friend Steve Sanders from Cummins and see if he answers. I don't know if he will or not. Why would he not answer? Didn't you, didn't you have a conversation about this? Uh, we did, yeah. Okay, so now he's going to... Just stonewall us? Well, you know us. We're usually late when we call people. Sure. And uh, I think I passed his window. Um, By probably, what, 45 minutes? Uh, probably something like <laughs> that. Yeah, I don't know if he stayed up for us or not. So uh, let's see here. Oh, that's uh, right. He's back east. He is back east. All right. Whoops. We're calling him right now. We'll see what happens with this. Because we record this at night is what happens. And it's later on the east. Very late. Very late. Very late. <laughs> ah, there he is. He answered. <laughs> Mr. Steve Sanders from Cummins. All right, don't talk yet because you're in the parts department. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you'll want to come back. Mr. Steve Sanders, one of our very favorite guests. You are in the parts department here on the uh, Truck Show Podcast with Lightning and Holman. Or if he's trolling you oh, on Instagram, great to be here, gentlemen. that is uh, Dave Danders. Dave Danders? <laughs> What's up, dude? What's going on, gentlemen? Uh, you know, I, I have a bone to pick with you because, um, oh, yeah, so uh, I saw this email come through, but my name wasn't attached to it. And I went, wow, that'd be a really cool thing to promote Cummins and help our friend Steve out if only he would have sent it to oh, me. Wait a minute. So this is what a media blast that he sent out to journalists and you uh, weren't on that list? He sent to a few select journalists and uh, somehow I, I wasn't on that list. And I'm like, well, well I guess I can't help I, him promote it. Burn. I, I heard, <laughs> I, I thought that you weren't a journalist anymore. You're an executive. I thought you were <laughs> out of that. Oh. And so I, I sent it to your minions, right? That's true. You did send it to my minions and because they are so... Uh, conscientious as employees, it came uh, right up to my desk. And I went, Steve Sanders, <laughs> the, you the son of a... office. I, it doesn't feel like I'm working with an executive, a guy yeah, who sits across not. from me eating wiener schnitzel uh, every Tuesday night. I am not. Uh, you know, I don't even think I'm considered an executive. I don't know what I am. I'm middle management. How about that? Mm. Oh, you, you don't want to be... No, no, yeah, no. I've got the white button-up shirt with the short sleeves yeah. and the skinny tie with a pen protector and like a bunch of different pens. Not at all. 
You're wearing a four-wheeler T-shirt right now, so you're hardly that. <laughs> because my job allows me to do that. And check it out. I got my checkered slip-on van, Oh, too. he sure does. You're, uh, you're Weird Al Yankovic with this outfit right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Except minus, minus the afro. Yeah, well, my afro's on my chin. Right, yeah. He's got that. <laughs> so what's up, Steve? Oh, I'm just living the dream back here in the Midwest. We are uh, approaching the whole Indy 500 season, uh, which is fun for us because it's our 100th anniversary. We get to do some more fun stuff than... Uh, typical years past uh we just announced a big sponsorship deal with the motor speedway uh for the next five years so we're getting all of our old indy cars out of the history building and Ooh. blowing the cobwebs out we we're out at uh our local little track that you've been to in the cornfield today <laughs> yes one of my <laughs> and, one of my uh, favorite places in uh, columbus uh indiana Oh yeah, I mean it is the only place in the world where you'll find you're going to find a 1952 uh, diesel-powered Indy car running around a track among Class Eight semi trucks that are uh, doing <laughs> any kind of testing. That's I'm, awesome. I'm not even kidding. It, I, it was awesome. So, I'm glad yeah, you had it running. Good afternoon. I wonder how oh, many yeah. people Steve know that Cummins is involved in racing like that or was. So the last time we were actually you know building a car for the race was that 1952 Cummins diesel special. We sponsored a car at the last minute in 1987, uh, Al Unzer's car, that ended up uh, winning, and that was our most victorious car, and it was just a whole set turbo car, not actually, you know, Cummins-powered. So a lot of those folks are gone. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> a lot of those folks They're really are really happy with gone, you. All, I, all I got is you got to... But the yeah. story is Too much clapping. We can't uh, hear Steve. Oh, there they go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry about Sorry. that. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's cool though. This year is the first year we will ever have all five Cummins powered Indy cars running at the same time. Back in the day, they would wow. scavenge parts off of one car to build, you know, the the car for the next race. Uh, and we're talking like old Duesenberg parts that aren't easy to come by. Oh my gosh! Uh, so and so, very yeah, and very expensive. Oh yeah, very expensive. Uh, Cummins has um, an amazing historical. Um, part of the business with a curator and all these amazing old veed engines which are the old agricultural diesel engines that's basically the company was started with uh which i've had the pleasure of seeing run which is super cool but uh they have d001 which is the very first uh dodge ram that had the cummins 59 in it in fact i think steve and i are working on getting somebody from uh, Cummins to come on and talk about D zero zero one and tell the story about that. I think we talked about this about a year ago. I know. And so you're uh, not you're moving at a snail's pace, I, I, my friend. Yeah, but we uh, <laughs> we've got it a, a, a soonish episode, and then we're also going to we're also going to get uh, somebody to tell us all about the insides. Now that we have the five liter Cummins V eight starting to uh, get popular in the aftermarket with sure. some mods and stuff, and and was it. it What's the company that Walter Cheney is calling, is doing a clap back to right now? Oh, no. I forgot. To, it's something performance that I hadn't heard of. I want to get back to Steve. So, so sponsoring the racetrack, wh- why? CFT performance. CFT performance. Yeah, anyway, okay. see, we mentioned them in the podcast. Walter Cheney called us and did a clap back with us tagged in it back to CFT. Oh, we did? Yeah. So there's like, there's like a rivalry of five liter, you know, Cummins V8 <laughs> tuners, like starting to fight it out. So I'm like... Steve, we got to get somebody from the inside on to talk about that engine and the history behind it. So that's going to happen too. Okay, great. Yeah, we're, we're going to get both, Steve. We're going to get both of those builders. So they're each calling each other out. So, uh, and we're going to get that's them on like awesome. a conference line and just let them go, uh, just to start <laughs> ripping on each other. But we need a buzzer or something. So if it gets too crazy, we can just buzz them. Really, out. just buzz it. Yeah. Shut up. Exactly. Enough. Right. Enough. Oh, yeah. Enough. Yeah. You, you've got to do the whole like political debate thing where they each have time. And oh, so we give them a, a point counterpoint. Oh, I like yes, that. Exactly. Oh, we, so, we can make that oh, happen. I love that. So is it? Is it? Is it? 
cold in cold air intake or filter on a stick is it you know like you yeah. can go back and forth the two uh, two approaches right do you advance timing or did you retard timing do you have a bigger turbo did you change the red line did or is you... it compound turbo oh, or no? oh i love this yeah, we can do that just how big is the exhaust tip <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters how low is it to the ground and how round i almost feel like we need steve to moderate this debate <laughs> <laughs> Would you come on when we have these two guys on? And oh, let's not even tell. Let's not even tell the two dudes. They're listening right it's, now, though. Well, well oh, mm, yeah. I forgot this is on the air. People can hear this. That would be funny though if Steve was the moderator and you and I just sat back. I would, I would lose my job for that. You know? Oh yeah, you can't be between those. We, guys. we would be like, uh, uh, what? What are the two old men on the Muppets, Statler and Waldorf? And we'd just be sitting there like throwing peanuts at them. <laughs> hey, bear! The show's terrible. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, that sounds like most of our listeners. <laughs> Go back to the track for a second. What does Cummins have other than those two race cars? Like, why? It's an interesting sponsorship that I see you and a Cummins in a racetrack. Well, you got to think about where the you know the five hundred is. It's right there in Indianapolis, Indiana, and we are forty five minutes south of there. So the the speedway historically, you know, they're a hundred plus years old now. Um, that's been improving grounds for Cummins forever because it was right in our backyard and it was a nice big closed, um, you know, pseudo paved track back in the day where you could uh, run test trucks. So we used to run our actual test trucks up there with Clessy Cummins behind the wheel, uh, setting some records and take cars up there. And all these Indiana and even Michigan based manufacturers, they use that as a real proving grounds uh, for years. And so we have this whole, now that we're a hundred years old this year, uh, you know, we have this thing in common where we're in this, uh, you know, we're in Indiana and we're some of the oldest companies in Indiana, the oldest entities. And we have a history of working together uh, way back, you know, 80, 80 plus years ago. So why not pay homage to that? And Clessy was behind, uh, you know, really directly behind for the five uh, race cars and indirectly behind the, the fifth one. Uh, so we're really trying to tip our hat to our heritage here. Um, you know, we, we pioneered a lot of stuff at Indy, the whole two stroke versus four stroke settlement, uh, was made, you know, with Clessy taking two cars to the 1934 race, two identical cars with two H engines. One was two stroke, one was four stroke. And, you know, that was what was said to set the course of Cummins as a four stroke company. Um, and then, you know, we set the pole position with the first turbocharged car at Indy, which was ironically the last diesel to be allowed to run at Indy. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yep. Yeah. And then in the first race we ran in 1931, uh, that was uh, the number eight car. And that car is the coolest car that has ever existed in the Cummins fleet, in my opinion, because not only... That's the bottom breeder, right? Indy, uh, no, that is, that's the last one. Oh, that that's right. This, that's the uh, gold and red uh, like streamliner-looking one. Yes, yeah, so this okay. the number eight is like more of a traditional looking, you know, Duesenberg, but it ran the entire 500 mile race without a pit stop. So no fuel, no nothing. Wow. And uh, that car then went to Daytona Beach, set diesel land speed records with Classy behind the wheel. And then they put saddlebags, a windshield frame, uh, headlights on it and, you know, toured uh, the states with it. It was hauled as essentially a... Uh, a, a ballast all the way across the U S in the back of a test truck and Clessy drove it around the redwood forest. And then they shipped it to Europe and he drove around Europe in it. So there are these awesome pictures, you know, with blown up remnants of world war one tanks on the side of the road and everything that they got out and took pictures of it's at the Fiat plant 
um, and Europe, you know, pre-World War II. Uh, so really cool stuff that that car did. And now it's sitting in our, our history and restoration center waiting to hit the track uh, this May. So uh, that to me is my favorite car. That was, you know, Clessy just did so much with that car and really did his barnstorming in that car. And it, it means a lot to me and I think a lot of us to have that car running uh, out on the track and, uh, you know, here right where the car was built and right where it was originally tested and, and proved its worth. Steve, I'm not sure if you are the head of the crate engine program there or the Cummins historian, because yeah. damn, you know a lot about Cummins. Well, we didn't even talk about what's awesome about the uh, the number five and number six car from 1934. And I wrote a story for Diesel Power back in January of 2014 called The Mystery Machine. Called, called the what? The Mystery Machine? Mystery Machine. Okay. So, Stole it ripped straight from Scooby-Doo. Scooby oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, so in the October 2003 issue of Car and Driver, there's a legendary automotive journalist, Brock Yates. And so if you follow automotive journalism, you'll know Brock Yates. I th- wasn't and, Brock Yates also uh, a driver, a racer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did, he did all sorts of stuff. Okay. And uh, so there was a rumor that... At the end of the race, so it was a two-stroke, two identical cars, five and six, yep. and there was a two-stroke and a four-stroke, and they shared 95% co- uh, parts commonality. And the two-stroke qualified at 105.92 miles per hour, which was almost four miles per hour faster than the four-stroke number six car. Hmm. It, that was the highest, uh, let's see, 12th place was the highest finish for a diesel power vehicle. And so after the race, Car number five's engine was in such poor condition that Cummins took it out. And by, let's see, the riding mechanic, Thane Hauser. And for years, there were rumors about what happened to that engine. Well, Brock Yates told the story, and this is a quote from that Car and Driver article. When the Stubblefield engine was finally shut down in the garage area following the race, it contracted as it cooled and seized into a solid hunk of fried aluminum. <laughs> Clessy Cummins angrily closed the doors, and he and Hauser set to yanking the wrecked engine out of the car. They loaded it into a truck. And drove to a bridge over the White River <gasps> in the dark no. of night. They pitched the broken engine over the side, thus ending Cummins' brief flirtation with the two-cycle <laughs> engine, a policy that continues to this day. That, in fact, was not the truth. Oh no that way! I was going to say truth. if someone. I was wondering if someone had ever dredged. You know, so people we, had looked for had, it. Have they? We have had diving crews reach out to us for years, and we finally it settled a, it by saying. Look, we have the engine. Like the engine is sitting, <laughs> it's sitting so, in the HRC. It's it's in great. You know, it looks perfect. Going um, back full circle to Indy, yeah. they found the engine in the back of a storage area at Indy. It had yep. never been hunked into. They thought it would been hunked to the East Fork of the White River, and that was not the truth. So there's this legend, and divers actually contacted Cummins and said, we want to find this engine. And Cummins was like... Like lost gold treasure. Exactly. So what was interesting is they found the engine, and because they were using, I think it was like medium format film on race day, the race day pictures were such high quality, they were able to pull the serial number off the block of the engine in yeah. that car. Oh my gosh. And compare it to the engine they found it back at, uh, at Indy in the storage area, and they knew for a fact that was the same engine and they never threw one into the white river how did that rumor yep. get started or how did did someone it, it's indiana folklore like you gotta live here to know it but i mean we have at indiana university and i think probably some of the other indiana colleges like there are folklore classes because it's so prevalent in this area you know the story is told and it's retold and it's retold until finally you know that is all the fact that exists is the way the story you know is told that day and 
And no one at Cummins really knew how to dispute it. Like we didn't have evidence that that wasn't the truth anymore. Uh, you know, because the firsthand, uh, first person experience, they were long gone. Uh, but yeah, to Sean's point, we have these films and we can blow these pictures up and clear as day, we can read the serial numbers and we knew that we had the two stroke engine sitting there. How so cool I mean, just this yeah. last weekend I'm in, you know, the HRC or history and restoration center is also one of our kind of pilot centers for the crate program, because that only seems right. And, uh, so I was working there this weekend and they've got all the race cars, uh, that team does and they're going through them. And I'm standing there, and I had the great fortune with Bruce Watson, who's really leading that effort, of helping him turn some wrenches on uh, on the number five car. And number six is right behind me, the old two-stroke. Um, I'm sorry, number five was a two-stroke that was then converted to an inline six to, to run on the beach and set land speed records. But the two-stroke engine was sitting right behind it. So I've got my hand between the intake and exhaust manifold trying to get out a freeze plug or a, uh, uh, a pipe plug that who knows when the last time it was out. And as I'm, you know, awkwardly reaching down there and trying not to scratch anything, I'm looking over at the two stroke engine. And I just thought, this is probably the coolest moment in my Cummins career. Like I am actively putting all the strength I have in to trying to break this thing loose. And this is the famed, you know, engine, at least for us Cummins fanatics, uh, and the famed car that, you know, all this folklore existed around for, you know, 80 or not 80 years, 50, 60 years. And you got your grubby mitts all over it. This. Yeah. And I, oh yeah, I'm rubbing my belt buckle all over the paint, just leaving my name on And by it. belt buckle, he means, uh, <laughs> yeah. can you imagine if he had like a brown chicken, brown cow, he's got an open end wrench in his back pocket and he turns the wrong way and it just scratches it. He's like, oh, can you imagine the horror that you would feel? You mean like happened? when I got into my Jeep last weekend and the metal clip uh, rubbed against the uh, <gasps> B pillar when I got in and left a big old scratch <laughs> oh, on the side of it. No, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> you live where it won't rust. Yeah, yeah that's right. all right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a there's a ton of history behind uh, Cummins and Indianapolis Motor Speedway that people. Well, this is why that. I asked because obviously I didn't know what it was and I knew that there had to, had to be some history there. And I'm, but I think it's going to be a job for your PR team at Cummins to put those pieces together. Well, as long them, yeah, as long they, as they have all the proper emails. Right, exactly. <laughs> to the right uh, media journal- journalists, right? Because <laughs> you're not going to put up. I mean, would, would I when I go to the speedway? Am I going to see a, a, a billboard that kind of gives a synopsis of why you're there? Probably not. Yes, you're going to see a you novel. I mean? It'll be uh, forty feet wide, <laughs> twenty feet high, and no, but it would be like come, coming since day one, you, you know, know or something have, like that. You know, like when you go I'm to a pier and you all over the track, and they're going to have those little like. Uh, pieces of paper and they're going to be clicking them in your face and trying to hand them to you as you walk <laughs> like Vegas uh, oh, I, oh you mean like where the handing out for the strip yeah, clubs yeah, yeah. the strip clubs yeah, yeah. right so, no, this is just an idea I came up with. I've never seen that. <laughs> of course you have. No, no, no. It's going to be those little like um, uh, binocular machines where you put in the quarter on a pier, <laughs> yeah. and then you're going to have to read the entire billboard. They'll just put one like you know 50 feet in front of it, and then you can read each chapter of the Cummins history. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll have a good fair amount of Cummins branding all around the track. It, it's going to be a pretty exciting time. And then um, not only are we getting the cars out for like indie uh, vintage days and all that good stuff, but they will run around the the track before the green flag drops. So, like race day, you will see all five cars on the track. That's awesome. Uh, with with some pretty uh pretty cool mix of drivers, including some celebrity drivers. Uh, 
but also maybe some uh, like who? surprise Cummins folks. Like who? Um, I can't say yet. <sighs> you have to have me on the show again. All okay. right, deal. If it tells you anything about our small town, Sean's been here. He knows this, but our little small town, we have a local celebrity driver who resides here, recently retired from NASCAR. And, you know, we were talking about him today at lunch. I had lunch with uh, uh, Mr. Watson and we're like, okay, we need to get a hold of, you know, X, Y, and Z and who wants to take on what. And within five minutes of this, uh, said driver happens to walk into the bar we're eating lunch at. And I was like, oh, hey, your ears must be burning. Like, we need to talk about when we're going to get you in this car for practice. Nickname of Smoke. No, no, no. But, uh, does it, yeah. does, does it, it, he, well, he just he he gives away I know, the nickname I say, of Smoke. He has the same initials as our show. Well, take out Wait the P, more, more the TS. <laughs> Rhymes with... Uh, <laughs> yeah, what does it rhyme with? Bromie Puert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got it. Bro, yeah, br- bro, me. Yeah, bro, me. Okay, now I know who it is. <laughs> I won't repeat, no, but I know no. it is. All right, All right, got it. That's a big name. That is a big name. No, he's he's uh, he's a native here, and he's always been awesome. a big supporter of what we're doing. And uh, next time I have beers uh, in your garage, can we walk over to his house? It's a little bit more than a walk. I was gonna say the town is that small? No, seriously, it's pretty small. <laughs> yeah, it's not that big. Considering I'm I'm at like a function at this one like. Uh, house they have there that's sort of known and historical and i'm like hey dude i think we told the story before yeah, but i'm like yeah hey i mm-hmm. i, I, I want to get out of this party because i don't know why i'm here and he's like walk out the side gate and i look over and he's got him and his two boys and, and we go to right his garage there. we're like walk seven <laughs> houses down and have a beer to the south. <laughs> <laughs> this is how holman and i are together though we just tell the same stories over, over and over, and over again, again. So yeah reliving that one glory day some You're people like, have glory days we have a glory day <laughs> And then we just one go right back. Day. To, go right back to that well. You're two old <laughs> men sitting in rocking chairs on the Do porch. Do you remember that one day <laughs> and in we no had beer? Is that pathetic? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what's pathetic is uh, no, it's not pathetic. I think behind the five Cummins Indy cars is going to be Steve driving a TJ with a 2.8 right behind him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got my own. No, I'll, I'll have the kids with me in the in the rover seats in the rover. Yeah, Dude, that thing's cool. Powered and done. Yeah, it's, so you look, know, I I have never touched a Land Rover before. I know nothing about it, but it had uh, full frame, straight axles, and could house my Cummins with three car seats in the back. So like, so I, I, it's been a steep learning curve. But well, that thing is awesome. I've been following you on uh, social at Dave Danders, and uh, and it's been fun to watch <laughs> your uh, your exploits with the old uh, Land Rover. That's a Discovery Series One, right? Uh, it is actually. Uh, an early two, so it's okay. kind of a bastard. It's a registered diesel. Um, I've got the GM 6L80 uh, uh, behind the Cummins R28. I'm using the stock Rover T case. Um, I'm going to do a little suspension work, some little tire work, but keep it mild because, uh, like you said, it's a family like family road trip machine, good for light trails. But we're on the highway with it. We're on the back roads. Uh, put the three boys in the back, uh, bringing it to Moab. Um, not for EJS. I'm okay. going to have a little TJ out there. Um, but I, I want to get the family out there. They need to see the world more than my little exploits to Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> now, it sounds like you ran into some issues. Uh, the biggest things I had. So I put it together last September. You know, I was I thought I'd have like a year to put it together before Cummins Repower Cruise. And then I broke my leg a year ago, like last week. And, uh, so I just sat in a chair and I'm kind of doing my homework of what I need to do. Finally got all my parts, got it all clear to go out in the garage and work on this thing. And I had six weeks of weeknights only after the kids went to bed. That was like my goal, my basic 
ass garage, basic tools, and only working weeknights. Um, got the thing together. Uh, no real hangups there. Uh, it was pretty cut and dry, just a lot of late nights. Uh, and then I got it done the night before we left for Cummins Repower Cruise. So that was going to be a 4,500-mile drive. We get like 20 minutes up the road, and I smell transmission fluid. Oh. Oops. And I'm like, son of it. So I thought a line popped off or something. And it's it's literally like boiling out the, the fill tube and the vent tube. And I was like, oh, shit. Like this is my brand new, you know, $5,000, like one of the most expensive pieces of my swap was this transmission and, uh, I, I couldn't keep it cool. And I thought the stock Rover big, uh, radiator cooler would be sufficient. And it definitely wasn't. So then we had a, a sister Rover, like a white one, just like it, uh, disco one, same transmission, you know, same everything, same gearing. So I looked at what cooler that had on it. And I went to the auto parts store. And I bypassed the factory one, put that on it, and it was better, but it still was overheating, which made no sense. Cause Why'd you bypass it? Truck. You should have just had two coolers in line, and then so, you knew you were good. So, so, oh, then okay. yeah, right, I okay. decided to take another bath in ATF at $9 a quart, <laughs> oh. and the next pit stop, and Daisy chained the two together, which the only reason I didn't in the first place is because the Rover one is in one side, out the other, 25 inches away. <laughs> it just makes for messy, you know, routing. And a lot so of fluid. I got a lot of fluid, but I got them together. And, and that was that's, knock on wood, the only hang-up I've had uh, the whole time was that first uh, drive toward the starting line of Cummins Repower Cruise. And uh, got it squared away. I'm over 10,000 miles since September. And... Uh, I'm loving it. Well, speaking of repower, it sounds like uh, you've got a, a, a little gift to the uh, Truck Show Podcast audience that uh, that you would like to to share with them. Yes, absolutely. So we've got we've got a centennial promotion going on uh, for the Crate Engine uh, through June 30th for like the general public. We're offering a thousand dollars off um, on the website. You can see that. But what we wanted to do was reach out to a few. Uh, key friends that we have in the industry and let their audience uh, and their followers know that we want to give them a little more. Uh, so an additional 500 bucks off. So a total of $1,500 off uh, taking your checkout price to $7,499 for the only factory built diesel crate engine on the market uh, and most complete crate engine with a two year warranty uh, using the discount code motor trend, all one word. Ooh. So, Type Mo- in, motor uh, trend, all one word. Okay, all one $1, word. Fifteen hundred dollars savings. That's a that's okay. So number June, one, fifteen hundred dollars is a fair chunk of change. If you're saving for yeah. that right now, that might be the difference yeah. between getting it this season, sure, or doing your build next season. That's number one. Number two, for seventy five hundred bucks, you can literally run that thing in the crate, <laughs> and we have done it. If you go to fourwheeler.com or on Peterson's Four Wheel Drive, I believe um, Peterson's Facebook page, Vern Simons hooked up a can of diesel to one of those things and ran it in the crate. That's, I mean, it's like he didn't, he didn't believe me. Like, I don't, I think he and Trent did that because they didn't believe me. Totally. Like I'm, I'm not a sales guy. Like dude, I'm just a marketing and enthusiast type of guy, not a salesman. And so I think they thought I was full of it and they were going to try to call my bluff. They started it in the crate. You, so they, you so they, crack, to... they cracked off one side of the crate, opened it so they could see the engine, got a tube into a gas can and just ran it right there. Hooked so, up a 12 volt battery and bumped the starter and fired it, it up and revved it up and 
I mean, that's yeah. a complete engine. Why Why do you suppose, Steve, that the other manufacturers don't do it, whether it's you're buying an LS or you're buying, you know, a, how are you the first to do this? Well, seems so it's, obvious. it's a little different. Like when you have a GM, like an LS package, it's a little different because like that engine requires an external lift pump and, you know, it's an awesome engine. And, you know, we're not claiming to be an LS or anything. They're two totally different tools for two different jobs. But there's just a bit more complexity on certain systems, whereas ours is self-contained. The high-pressure pump is also the lift pump. So literally, you know, we just have one fuel line requirement. And if we're going to do that, we might as well provide, like, the fuel filter housing, the remote housing, which has, like, a manual priming pump if you, you know, change your uh, filter and want to prime it. And if we're doing that, it might as well be a, like, water separator because that's important for diesel engines. And if it's going to do that, it might as well have a sensor on it, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, we're, we're a team of enthusiasts. We designed the thing uh, based on, like, trying to take that taboo away from doing a diesel swap and just keep you from having to hunt for various part numbers and all this stuff. Like, let's just give you everything Cummins can give you out of the box and not nickel and dime you for it to where you say, you know, here's an engine, but... If you want the front end accessory drive, give us fifteen hundred more dollars, and you know that's it, it's good and bad. It's it's good for the consumer, but it's really challenging for our marketing folks because I don't think the the public really understands what all is in that box. Um, so they just see the sticker shock of you know an eight thousand dollar engine, and they compare it to seventy four ninety nine people seventy four ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. Seventy four ninety nine. They compare it to a bare block LS, and they're like, "Well, I've bought an LS all day long." And you're like, "Well, you know, you're not really looking at the whole picture, right? What it takes to get it running and set apples to apples." And again, at the end of the day, we we're all gearheads. We love LS engines. Like you know me, I have a Caprice wagon, and would kill to have an LS in it. Uh, however. It's not that. Like, if I'm going to build a, a rover and an expedition vehicle, or I'm a Cummins enthusiast or a diesel enthusiast, or a TJ Manual, which is the sweetest setup that I have seen, and Profit sent a bunch of those Land Cruisers with them. And in fact, uh, I was just at uh, Jonathan Ward over at Icon. Uh, we had him on last week, mm-hmm. and uh, Icon 4x4, and I went to the shop, and uh, he's built some R2.8 repowered uh, uh, vehicles out of his shop. So, I mean, for the right build and the right vehicle, they're badass. And Steve, what's I know you guys upped the uh, the power recently. What's the uh, latest power output on that thing? Yeah, so right now our factory output rating is 310 foot-pounds at uh, right below 1,800 RPM. And then that gradually starts to fall off. Peak horsepower is 161 at 3,600 RPM. So, like, I've set my GM transmission, you know, the, the guy helping me with the tune, he's a hot rodder, and he, it drives him nuts. But I'm like... Hey, when I'm at like 20% throttle, I want you to row through the gears. Like I want to be farting around at 1500 RPM and you know, he wants to be you know, throttle, 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 but we have all this low end torque and that's what makes this thing shine on like ultimate adventure and all these off-road excursions uh, and like interstate cruising. You are just always on that torque curve uh, or have access to that peak torque at your like cruising RPM. Uh, so there's not downshifting, there's not gear hunting. It's a really cool feel. Uh, but, you know, going back to the whole, um, the hardest job is for a marketing department, being the first from the diesel crate engine and coming out with a 2.8 liter, which is a smaller displacement than most are used, uh, used to, it's really hard to convince people that it's enough to move comfortably a 6,000 pound vehicle. 
like all day long in the interstate and especially off road. Uh, so it's really good to get it, uh, get more of them out there and let people actually start to, to spread the good word, uh, so to speak. Uh, well, I mean, the, the engine has gotten experience. great reviews, right? Yeah. I think that we have, uh, we've kind of earned our place in that we have like fanboys of people who haven't, haven't touched it, but they're big promoters. We have a big crew of detractors out there who have never actually seen it or touched it. And then we have our customers who, you know, I, I hope none of them would challenge me on saying this. They are all very happy with the product and hopefully happy with the customer service they're getting. Um, you know, we're, we're trying as best we can to educate people with all the installation guide and all the stuff we provide up front, but also with our Cummins care um, and big Cummins service and support network. Uh, being able to answer any questions people might run into during their install. Uh, What's the weirdest installation you've seen? The weirdest swap? We or, covered this. This was the well, no, 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 no. It's, it's are they weirder? A, there's a new one. There's oh, new one. Good. so last time we talked about this, and that question came up. We talked about the Vixen RV, which right. is still like right there. I mean, that thing is. That, that was the one that we were supposed to go to awesome. in San Diego, right? Wasn't the guy coming down yeah, to San Diego? Yeah, it was like the, it was like the next week or something. It was going to be. Ridiculous. So we need to follow up with those guys and, and get that on our calendar. But the Vixen guys are awesome. Uh, By the way, speaking of the is, Vixen, yeah, a listener sent me this picture. Oh my gosh! Of it sitting this. in a driveway, and I sent it to Steve, and I go, "Look what a listener there sent! It is. Look at how <laughs> but ugly that thing is. That oh, is. but it's you. You fall in love with it when you see it in person. It it just like." grabs you and it doesn't let go it's beautiful <laughs> you know what this is out of um this is the spacecraft in space balls yeah <laughs> all it needs yeah. is wings very close you know oh, that is so good <laughs> that's that's oh that my is, god this is crazy that is very true. it is so hideous here's your phone back yeah uh so all right, well, what were you saying was the uh the, the weird install Oh, well, we've had we have a few that we can't talk about because they've actually led to other business opportunities with uh some limited volume OEMs that uh, have to do with keeping us uh, free and safe. So we've, we've had some cool stuff there, uh, which hopefully that'll come out uh, sooner than later and we can talk about it. But I saw um, on the Instagram, I was doing a little stalking and I like to look at the different aftermarket suppliers that are supporting this. And, and one posted that they've made a Marine drive for this, which obviously we don't advertise it for Marine use. But it's still cool when someone does something unique with this. And it was in like a 1962 Chris Craft, like mini yacht, uh, replacing an old Dodge V8. That is where, awesome. Where I thought that was cool is like Classy Cummins, he got to start really with playing around with um, with Marine uh, patents that he had for like a split propeller shaft and all this other cool stuff. And he really promoted the diesel as a safer option or alternative to gasoline for a uh, fuel for fishing boats because it wouldn't explode. Like the spark would not ignite it. Right. Well, sure. That'd so, be a really uh, good thing when you're on yeah, a little yes, boat in the middle exactly. of nowhere. He kept this, you know, Cummins grew and grew and grew, but he always had these boats on the side of his boat projects. And so I, when I saw that awesome old boat with an R28 in it, I thought like that is the ultimate Cummins repower because that would probably be Kless's favorite <laughs> because it's a damn boat. How many, and it was there, somewhat of a period correct boat, right? There, there are a lot of Cummins engines in boats, right? In in yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, th tens if of thousands, right? If you Deadliest Catch, you may remember that the Time Bandit guys had yes, the uh, Cummins engines good. put in there. 
I'm a if fan. Somebody watches TV. <laughs> yeah, uh, every once in a while. <laughs> let's all right. Let's let's talk about the deal again. Using the code MotorTrend, all one word, you get fifteen hundred dollars off the two point eight liter, three hundred and ten pound feet of torque, right? One hundred and sixty one peak uh, horsepower. And where do people go to use that deal? You go to CumminsRepower.com. You can see all the all the specs, what's all included. Uh, type in your information. If uh, if you use PayPal, uh, there's that option at checkout. So you can take advantage of the discount code and PayPal credits. Um, I think it's six months zero interest if you want to do that. I didn't realize, uh, Steve, until recently how many dudes have secret PayPal funds that their wives oh, don't know yeah. about just for <laughs> yeah. automotive money. wives are listening. No, their wives are, are not listening. <laughs> no, they email us <laughs> yeah. all the time no. saying, so, shh. Well, what's really it's, cool, here's what I love about the Cummins Repower I site. I love slush funds. <laughs> PayPal slush funds. Oh, by the way, it's called walking around money. <laughs> oh, is that what yeah. it is? Walking uh, <laughs> um, here's what I love about the Cummins Repower site. When you go to customer service, mm-hmm. it gives you Steve's personal phone number and the address to his house. No, it does what not. The hell? What the, some, hey, I think somehow it actually does. Yeah, right. Somehow I'm pretty sure it does. Just take your project here and Steve will help you install it. Yeah. <laughs> this way, can, is... can you take my credit card? Can you swipe this? Hey, if you can do a Range Rover swap, you can swap anything. <laughs> it's a Land Rover. I'm not a Oh, player. that's right. It is a Land Rover. You're not pretentious at all. <laughs> yeah, come on. Now, you know, the best part about this deal and the timing of it is it's over Mother's Day. Like, it goes over Mother's Day. So, like, if you're thinking of something you want to get your sweetie, I could have spent nine grand on this, yeah. but for you, yeah. I spent $7,500 and I got this nice $100 pair of earrings. <laughs> well, you played, were, sir. well played, my friend. <laughs> yep. All right, Steve, as always, you are the best. Thank you for checking in with us. Uh, use that code MOTORTREND because they're the, uh, what do we call them? The mothership for the Truck Our Truck mothership, Podcast, yep. right? Absolutely. That's the relationship. In case you're a new listener, you didn't realize that uh, we are, this podcast is owned and run it's by It's sort of Motor like, uh, so like Motor Trend is this gleaming like empire on a hill and like it sparkles <laughs> in both the sun and the rain and mm-hmm. there's always a rainbow over it and people no. whistling and really? skipping. And then somewhere in the backyard is like an old shed that somebody just forgot about. <laughs> yeah, and like the exactly. weeds are growing. That's, that's how we are. In, I was going to say, it's not like this is a big corporate production here. Like this is. How dare you? Might, yeah. And when, when Steve probably, comes over to our office, we're the ones sitting in the lawn chairs with the, the, the old mesh. And it's, but he has to come through the alley. Oh, he's like, probably he got to come through the alley. There's too much security up front. As I'm walking toward the front door, like the visitor entrance of Motor Trend, I hear like, psst. From the bushes, <laughs> you guys come around the back. And then when we open the gate to get around the side, the, the hinges break off. So yeah. we just take the gate, we set it against the wall. That no, no, no. We, we patch the hole in the roof with the gate. Oh, is that yeah, what we is? put it right on top of the house. And it's like it's kind of like office space. Yeah, that's Motor Trend's basement. They don't know we're yeah. around, but that's not true because this is actually uh, like we talked about earlier. Steve, I know you're gonna be really happy for us. They're taking away our studio and moving us to the Motor Trend headquarters. Uh, you guys are going to be so corporate. You won't be able to say anything. Be <laughs> commercials all throughout. You won't be able to call me back. Is it the oh, end man. of the beginning? Is that what this is? The beginning of the end? Yeah. <laughs> no. Is this the last show? It ain't changing anything. No. Not squats changing. We'll be good. We'll be good. But next time you come, we're still going to have the comfy old casting couch. So you'll be able to sit with us and hang out and have a beer. All right. Hey, I'm just waiting for that invite, man. Hey, right. uh, let me find your email and uh, we'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, all right.
right, brother. Well, thanks for uh, uh, coming on as always. I will talk to you and give you some dates so we can get those other coming stories out to our listeners. And uh, Beautiful. I look right. forward to it. Thanks, right, Dave. Thanks, guys. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Holman, if you don't mind, I'd like to do some five-star hotline. I would like to clear out the queue because there are a <laughs> lot of uh, voicemails. Uh, but there's never too many. 657-205-6105. <laughs> Show call the five star hotline six five seven two zero five six one zero five. It's the five star hotline. Five star hotline. Yeah, buddy. Oh, I can't believe you two chuckleheads called me in the middle of your show. It's Emmy Hall. Uh, it is Emmy Hall. I was a little girl, and I was asleep somewhere, driving some car somewhere. I don't even remember. But anyway, lightning. Yes, I will totally take you up on your offer. I will come on the show and I will force you to apologize to me because cooks do trucks, hmm. ma'am. So yeah, let's make it happen. We'll come on the show. We'll have a good time. I'll drink some diet Dr. Pepper and I'll throw in Holman regular Dr. Pepper out the window because that stuff is the worst. Oh, Ciao, guys. Love you joke. it. Five stars. Oh, five stars. Let's yeah. see. Well, Five stars. Oh, so, so she rips on you because she doesn't like regular Dr. Right. So we, Pepper. We, if you follow us on social, like her and I go back and forth all the time, and basically she has diet Dr. Pepper, and so I always tell her that it will kill you. And so anytime she posts, that's what I write on her post. That will kill you. And she always posts like anti Dr. Pepper stuff, but then she has her diet. So there's pictures of the two of us on press programs because they know that both of us are Dr. Pepper fans. Look, I don't want to continue to piss her off, <laughs> but I will tell you that it's that's that's the devil's urine. Uh, uh, diet? Doc, di- diet yeah, oh, yeah, Dr. Yeah. Pepper is ridiculous. So I went to the Dr. Pepper Museum when I was in um, Texas. Texas, yeah. Uh, I don't even remember why I was there. <laughs> but, uh, you were there for, uh, it was that same one that we went to when you uh, interviewed Aaron Kaufman. It was State Fair. Texas State Fair. Yeah. So we had extra day, went down to Waco, and is at the Dr. Pepper Museum. And so she starts writing a bunch of crap on my social about the Dr. Pepper Museum. And I'm like, um, excuse me, I don't see a diet Dr. Pepper Museum anywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> nope. So her and I, uh, we, we go back and forth. So that was and, a little so slam on And so she's going to make me apologize, and I offer to apologize. But what happened is that I- But you didn't mean it. What's that? But you didn't mean it. No, well, it's not that I didn't I didn't mean it. I, I just <laughs> said, I think what, well, we'll get her on the show and we'll explain what went down. And I think she, she misunderstood what I was trying to say. Um, and nope. Yes, she did. She absolutely did. I'm going to have to play the original tape. <laughs> you're you're going to be ready? To. You're going to shame our guest in studio? I'm going to, well, I'm not going to shame her. I'm just going to say, here's what I said. Uh-huh. And I think that she heard what she wanted me to have said. You know she's an avid regular listener of the show, right? So this isn't making it better. I'm No, listen, I want her to come in. <laughs> And if I turn out to be wrong, I will absolutely apologize. And I, wa- I love her. I mean, she's a uh-huh. phenomenal guest. She's incredible. S- smart as a whip. Yeah, buddy. Is it smart as a whip or sh- sharp as a whip? Neither. <laughs> what? what is it? What do you do with a whip? Um, you crack a whip. It's, but- uh, it's whippy as a whip. Is it whippy as a whip? I, so, yeah. I don't even know what I'm saying now. Hey, guys. Good evening. It's uh, Friday night here in, uh, well, I'll tell you what. It's Tybee Island, Georgia. A little place off of Savannah. Wonderful little town village on the coast with the beach. Well, here's the, here's what I'm telling you. I got to tell you, Tim Allen here, just calling in, and we picked up an Uber from a local restaurant. And guess what rolls up? A couple of trucks. I've taken Uber so many times, and two full size trucks roll up. And one's a Chevy. And guess what? The one behind it was a Nissan. Nice. Yeah. So I got to introduce you because I got in a little conversation with the Uber driver here. His name is Danny. And he had this wonderful Nissan story to tell 
telling me, and I was like, holy cow, we got to tell this to the Truck Show podcast and Nissan. You ready? Here's Danny. Okay, so. Uh, I, I love how Tim is now doing he's like. He's doing his own show. He's, he's our correspondent. Yeah. He's our Uber correspondent. Let's check in live from Tim Allen. Tim Allen on the streets of Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm a hardcore old Chevy pickup guy. And then about five years ago, my wife and I bought a Nissan Xterra and we fell in love with Nissans. So I bought a Nissan Titan about a year later. And it's Orin. That's what we're in. Titan. My what year? Titan. 2014. He's doing a full on of it. Tim's awesome. <laughs> Titan. Okay. Okay. Um, and I drove it here from Colorado. Best ride out here I've ever had. I bought this one. And then last year, we went and bought my wife a new Titan XD with the Cummins in it. Love that truck. Fabulous truck. She drives it. And she doesn't let you drive it. Ever. <laughs> I'm not allowed to drive it ever. <laughs> And then now what? You got other family that have been buying Nissan. Oh man! Because of you. Because of us. Um, so my kid, my oldest son, fell in love with our Xterra. Went out, went shopping, bought himself <laughs> a 2017 Nissan Titan. And then my sister-in-law drove my wife's XD last year. Went and bought herself a. Wait, brand your new. sister-in-law drove it. She got to drive it. You yeah. don't. You don't get to drive it. She got. To drive it. I don't get to drive it. Tim needs so his own segment. Bought yeah. Bought himself a new Nissan Titan. Then. My brother-in-law and his wife were looking for a new car, and they came and drove both of our trucks and went and bought themselves a Nissan Armada. We're going to have to teach uh, Tim about brevity. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. And my mother-in-law fell in love with our Nissans and went and bought a <laughs> Nissan Rogue. Um, so we've converted all of these people to Nissan from hardcore Chevy people, me and my dad and my brother. We we get hate every time we play too many of these calls. Yeah, but so this I'm is our course, that... uh, our correspondent. <laughs> all right, all right. my wife is like adamant, and she is she was a hardcore Chevy person. Yeah. Tell you how hardcore I am. I still own an '87 Blazer, but this Nissan, it these Nissans are the best running, best riding, best traveling trucks. I wouldn't trade it for anything but another Nissan. Well, and I told you that first. What did I say to you? First thing I said that it was a nice truck. Well, I said nice truck, and then what I say? I said, did you hear about the five-year, $100,000? Oh, no, we're way. not even needed. Right. <laughs> Who does that? It's crazy. So, and, and that was just so... Holman, I'm going to step out and get a beer. I'm going to let Tim finish, and I'll be back uh, in about 15 I'm minutes. I'm reading along. He only has a paragraph to go. Okay, here we go. Well, Danny, it was nice to meet you. I'm glad you're on the Truck Show podcast, uh, or at least got to talk to Sean and, and Lightning uh, about the experience, and how much fun is that? Hey, we're, we're looking forward to the next episode. We always do. Hope you enjoyed the uh, the uh, voicemail. Take care. <laughs> well wow. done, Tim, Tim Allen. Tim, thank you. <laughs> I mean, not only not only are you now officially our first and only correspondent on the streets, yeah. the mean streets of Georgia, but uh, you're 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 helping us uh, further secure our relationship with Nissan, which is pretty special. And great job, man. Yeah. Dang. Lighting and Holman. I need to do a split review for you guys. What? Holman. You get five stars. Lightning, you get zero stars. Wow, zero stars! You're a bad DJ, anything like that. It's because I am sick and tired of hearing that you own a Mini Cooper. Well, it's not wrong. Whoa, Mini whoa, whoa. and Cooper should not go together on the Truck Show podcast. Again, not you wrong. You can talk about Mini, and that should be referring to Mini Trucks. You can talk about Coopers, and you can be talking about tires. But I do not want to hear that you're still driving that dang Mini Cooper. You sold a Duramax, 
now sell the Mini Cooper, and I've made a list <laughs> of some acceptable vehicles that you can drive if you're going to continue to be the host of the Truck Show Podcast. Well, okay, well, I'm going to pause it right there. So wait a minute. Let me, all right, let, let me, let me get this straight here. Uh-huh. So he has a beef with me talking about the Mini. Now, first uh-huh. off, I have not mentioned the Mini in several shows. It was Scott Cobbett who brought it up, uh-huh. who had a beef with my Rotiform wheels license plate frame. Uh-huh. I didn't bring that up. Uh-huh. I try to wait, refrain. Wait, that doesn't matter. It, he outed you, and you still have a mini. I, I need. Doesn't matter if you brought it up I, or not. It, so I need. I I needed a. I have a daily driver that was uh-huh. actually was given to me. Uh-huh. I modified it, uh-huh. made it my own. I hear okay. a lot of excuses. Oh, just hold on a second. Can we just played. I sold. I sold my 2008 Silverado 3500 HD, uh-huh. six six liter Duramax diesel. He sold it, so whatever. And gone. I and 12 inch lift 37s. Uh-huh. $40,000 worth of bank's power I'm equipment on excuses. it. It's not an excuse. Now I'm looking hearing? for something I'm hearing that better. you're reliving the glory days right now is what I'm hearing. It was the glory days. I once owned a truck. I once owned a body and frame vehicle and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> body and Just frame keep, vehicle. I want to hear what he says he So I want to guess what he is going to say that I should drive. Uh, anything but a Mini Cooper is my guess. Well, I get that. And by the way, I am looking to sell it. I don't believe you. Okay, then don't believe me. Because I, it's still out there. I don't see a for sale What sign. am I going to do, walk are from you my getting, house to the studio? Okay, are you getting a truck? Yes. Are you getting a Honda Ridgeline? <laughs> I should slap are you, you across the face. Are you getting a Nissan Titan? I should smack you. Just press play. We've got Ford Rangers. We've got Toyota Mini trucks. We've got Datsun. We've got Nissan Hardbodies. We've got Nissan Frontiers. We got S10s, we got GMCs, we got the old DNC Cyclones and the Typhoons, we got Colorados, we got Frontiers, Frontiers we got Tacomas, we got F-150s, we got old school F-100s, we got C10s, we got Jeeps, we got freaking Jeep trucks, new and old, we got Isuzu trucks, we got Blazers, full-size NS10 versions, we got Broncos, one and two, we got Dodge Dakotas, and I would even take the freaking El Camino <laughs> as something halfway acceptable over a dang Mini Cooper. Anyway, love you guys. Keep up the good work. Well, <laughs> we, we love you too. And I appreciate the uh, five stars for myself. I appreciate you beating up on me because, you know what, if I were sitting in your seat and the guy uh, knew that the co-host of the Truck Show podcast drove a Mini, I would call and flame him as well. Yep. So bring so, on those uh, five-star hotline calls. I get it, and <laughs> I'm going to delete them from here on out. Don't worry about that. Yeah, this is the only one that slipped through. Uh, no, I get it. I get it, and I am uh, in the market. I've told you, and I'm going to try and close that deal. I'm going to need to use that little hunk of metal outside as a down payment. All so right, hopefully we'll something will happen soon. We'll see. Uh, I just I got to get a good deal because I'm trying to buy uh, trying to buy a house and a car. That's not a good that's time. Not for both. A, that is not a well, good time. Well, that's the problem. Is that uh, the the fleet right now at the house? all paid off. Hey, Lightning and Holman. My name's Tom. I'm out of um, Menifee, California, basically South Riverside County. Um, love the Truck Show podcast. I have left a couple of five-star reviews on iTunes. Started out being a mini trucker like everyone else, I guess. Keep up the good work, guys. Thanks for the entertainment. Bye. Nice. Right on. Appreciate the five stars. No, we really do, actually. I, I, you know what? I, I love all the emails and all the interaction on social and stuff, but I like hearing you guys' voice. I like having you guys call in and, uh, and man, it just it makes our day because, you know, we're having fun doing this and it, I don't know, for me, I feel like the reward you is know what, guys what, saying they enjoy it. It makes it real. Yeah, absolutely. You're hearing from them. Yeah. Yeah. So 657 257 
1-800-205-6105. And as I've said before, you're going to forget the number. So you can find us on Instagram at Truck Show Podcast. Go into the profile. Just click the call button. Ring us up. Leave a message. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Hotline. Holman, before we call Dylan and Jeremy from Icon Suspension, are they innovators? Are they pull up a stool? Because they're not who dis. Um, they're not in the parts department. Well, because Steve's in the parts department. Start, yeah, it's, you can't have we two don't parts sell, We don't sell two parts on the same show. No. <laughs> no, we can't. Uh, I think, uh, I would say innovator. Innovator. Because uh, Icon's kind of different from other suspension companies. They have their own line of shocks. They're not using like a Bilstein or a Fox or a King with their kits. Okay. They're designing them in-house, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, they were first to market with a new Ford Ranger kit, Ooh. which is kind of cool. And they also are doing like a, they've got their own line of wheels. So they're sort of Since becoming- when? For a while now. Okay. So they're sort of becoming like a one-stop shop for uh, taking care of all of your uh, your off-roading needs. Okay, so Innovator. All right, we'll go with that. Thank you for calling Icon Vehicle Dynamics. We are... One moment, please. Ooh, we're calling them after hours. Yeah, in a conference room. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. How you guys doing? We're doing great. How are you? Awesome. So we've got uh, Dylan and Jeremy, Dylan Evans and Jeremy Headley. And before you guys can talk, we got to play an intro for you. But I need to know, are you guys um, rock fans or blues. Uh, or blues fans? We like a little rock and blues. Yeah, I could go either way on that. Let's surprise us. Should like we that. flip a coin? I think if, if they're on the fence, let's uh, let's play the obnoxious one. All right. It's all about it. rock. Here all we right, go. Perfect. Man, that hurts my throat. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Hopefully, you didn't hurt your conference room speaker. Sounds good. <laughs> because, see, you guys are innovators. So, that's the intro you got there. All right. So, we got Dylan and Jeremy on the phone. So, by the way, we should probably point out that we've had two icon companies in a row, totally different. So, we had Icon 4x4, which was our buddy Jonathan Ward last episode. Mm-hmm. And these are the icon suspension guys who also make wheels, make their own shocks. And uh, I believe you guys were first to market with the new Ford Ranger kit too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think uh, you're right on all three of those. Hitting right now, it's going to be pretty good. I want to give some history on Icon as a company. Where did it come from? Why, how did it get so big so fast? And bring us up to speed on who you guys are as a company. Well, let's see. We started it in uh, January of 2008, not knowing that a uh, economy was going to take a dump there very shortly. So we were in for a little rude awakening there. Yep, good timing. <laughs> we, uh, we were kind of lucky. You know, we we started out little to fill kind of a, a, a big pocket for a niche suspension segment, which was high-tech, a high-tech race-inspired thing that you can bolt on your truck. So there was a big demand for it. But we just started little with like seven or eight people. And then a couple months later, the economy crashed and we just serendipitously ended up the right size for how much uh, market there was. So while all these big companies were trying to downsize drastically, we just happened to pop up at the right size for what was left, which gave us the opportunity to just grow instead of recover from a downsize like all these other big companies out there. You guys had some infrastructure as well, correct? Didn't uh, you're somehow related to a company that did either CNC machine work or something like that? 
Correct, correct. Okay. So um, the principal here at Icon, his other business is machining. So we have this this ability to instantly jumpstart production so we could we could get going. And when we need parts, we are just another little company asking a big vendor for some parts. We, we got the inside line, so we get what we want quickly that way. It sounded like you had a lot of um, advantages to being able to do so much R&D in-house. Like if you weren't waiting on anyone, you could really quickly right. innovate. And are you guys doing just-in-time manufacturing since you have access to the machine shop and things like that? Are you guys able to right-size your inventory? You know, we, we, we work really hard to do that. And because we know that we can pull some strings if we have to, we can do kind of a just-in-time um, approach because we know we if we were wrong a little, a big company has to be spot on when they're doing just-in-time manufacturing. And that's hard for little companies to do because it takes you know a lot of resources to be spot on that timing. But because we have some strings we can pull, we can we can make it happen and we can run a little bit closer to that just-in-time idea. And when you started, you were seven guys. What are you up to now? 50-something. <laughs> How big is your facility? That's good growth. Yeah. Well, we had to uh, we had to do a little construction along the way. So about a year and a half ago, we um, doubled the square footage of the building. So um, that was a that was a big one for us. Congratulations! Have, awesome. I have some warehouse space and some uh, some ability to to you know build bigger bigger volumes and things like that. So that was that was a good a good thing we did about a year and a half ago. I'm sure there's growing pains along there. I mean, you've got to hire fine marketing people and extra sales guys and you know, oh, yeah. so it's, it's all of it, right? Yeah. Half of our sales and customer service, more than half, are actually brought up from uh, assemblers and production guys. So they, they're really knowledgeable because our product takes a lot of pretty tech customer service. So let's talk about that a little bit because you guys are a little bit special and a little bit different. There's lots of manufacturers out there who make quality suspensions. There's lots of people that make it for a lot of applications and 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 don't just sit with one vehicle. But you guys kind of have a little bit different vibe. Obviously, Southern California base, you're doing kind of high-end performance stuff. You're making your own shocks. What are some of those things that set you apart? If if I'm a guy looking to have, uh, you know, looking for suspension on my, I don't know, let's say my Raptor or something like that, why Icon Vehicle Dynamics? Um, well, you know, the Raptor is a good, a good one because a lot of the Raptors out there and it's the rap, a side note, the Raptors are a phenomena I never thought would be so big. They've, they've really, really taken off, and it's been great for us. But so there's a lot of high-end parts out there, and, and they want the Raptor crowd especially really high-end product. And there's a lot of specialty companies that do springs, or they do A-arms, or they do shocks, or they do wheels, but they don't do all of it. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't put together a great truck with a mixture of great components, but it's um, it's, a, it's a little tougher. You know, if, if you can come to us and we say, look, we've worked out this leaf spring and this bump stop and this shock to all be homogeneous together and maximize every little ounce we can get out of that thing, then you're better off. So, you know, a few years ago, we were fairly unique in, in that uh, total vehicle solution. Uh, we call it a holistic, uh, holistic approach to the vehicle. If the vehicle needed something else that didn't exist, we'd have to do that too, if that was the next stumbling block towards getting more performance out of it. So we'll do whatever we, whatever's needed 
you know, and, and now coming down the pipe here shortly, as we've all seen, is going to be electronics. So that's our next venture is going to be delving into that because that now is the next limiter towards getting more out of your car. Yeah, definitely. I think what, what really sets Icon apart from, from other manufacturers out there is, like Dylan said, you know, we're not just making a coilover. We're not making just a shock not just a control arm. We kind of make it all, you know, from, from the front of the vehicle to the back, we really take, take these applications into our R&D process and look at the, the vehicle completely. That way we can make an upper arm that will allow for a little bit longer coilover and to match that out back, you know, we're, we're doing a, a shock that's tuned specifically to match the valving in the front. And it's kind of this big snowball effect that winds up at, at really the top of the line bolt-on suspension solution for your truck. So you can, you know, Joe Blow, um, the end user, can go into a four-wheel parts or, you know, his local uh, off-road store and just say, hey, I need, I need a kit that's bolt-on, ready to go, is going to be comfortable Monday through Friday and something I can still really go beat the living daylights out of on the weekend. And that's kind of where we shine. Well, customer service and warranty, too. So if you've got parts on your truck from four different manufacturers and you go, hey, this, this part failed, well, every company is going to throw the other one under the bus on that. And you can come to us, and we, as long as you've got all Icon parts on there, and you can because we, we've got them all, you know, we, we, can, we can solve the problem for you and avoid it in the first place, hopefully. How many, uh, I guess I should say, how many vehicle applications do you guys have? Do you have parts for or suspension kits for? Um, I'd say too many. It's <laughs> <laughs> the right answer. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's... it's um, yeah, there's a lot of varieties, and it does get a little cumbersome to say, oh, well, here's, you know, this flavor, this color, and all these different combinations. You know, we're, we're really strong in Ford and Toyota and, um, and then Jeep, uh, but we do a little bit of everything. So, you know, some vehicles we might only have three different stages for. But then some we're gonna have nine stages for. Whoa! My my brother had a uh, he still got it actually uh, an early two thousands Toyota Tundra and he had been through so many different sets of suspensions, just was never happy and he went down to what's it right off the fifty five freeway Toyota um, off road off road unlimited is that what it is the one that looks like a castle right off the fifty five come on Holman you pass it all the time right Rebel right? off road no it's not Rebel off road which one it's a tan building it's got jeeps that sit right out in front of it all the time. Oh come on! It's right off the fifty-five. You literally, you're gonna hang me out to dry. Yeah, absolutely. Off-road something. Uh-huh. It's not off. Oh well, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> went there. They they recommended it. This is he didn't talk to me. You mean those people at that building at that you that don't building get that I'm, I'm just getting, I'm gonna fish for it all show long. Yes. <laughs> anyway, awesome. so he goes in. The guy recommends it. He puts it on. He's like, and he called me. He goes, why didn't you tell me about Icon? I'm like, you never asked. You were just fishing for this on your own. They put Icon it, and he's like, it just worked. And when he said that, it clicks. It just worked like it was supposed to no no squeaks no God, rattles, i wish i had a no, co-host like that right <laughs> true it, exactly and so i have on my truck that i just sold my lifted dually i had a bulletproof suspension but it had icon they're basically rebadged icon shocks that i love to death the ride great. so much better and and um and brian at bulletproof could have chosen any shock to go with and he chose Icon on his big giant lift kits. Well, that, that's a perfect segue. I let's, love them so much. Let's talk about some of the shock technology. So not only are you guys doing your smooth bodies and your reservoirs and your bypass shocks, you guys have your new CDC uh, feature, which is the uh, compression dampening 
setup. Um, is that what it's called? Uh, yeah. What's that? I, sh- what's I, that, uh, what's I, that shop pull, right I up just, to 55 I pull freeway? The lighting. <laughs> Compression damping control. Um, yeah, I I brain farted because I was too busy laughing at uh, my co-host here. Yes. So. Uh, so you guys have this CDC feature, which allows you to dial in without any tools your uh, your, your shock compression. Yeah, there's just a knob on the reservoir at each wheel with uh, ten settings, and you can uh, adjust it. So what we do is we we set it up so that like four is is equivalent to if you didn't have the option. So it allows you to not only go stiffer for just getting after it if you're really you know pounding it out there. But you can also go softer. So some people are like, I'm going to get that option just so I can drive around on the soft setting all the time, mm-hmm. um, even if they're not off-roaders. So it's, it gives you, gives you some flexibility. It also makes the shock work better because it, you know, not, not nerding out too much, but it uh, creates the right pressures inside the shock and the right places and speeds so that the shock is a little happier overall, too. There's no such thing, by the way, as nerding out too hard on our show. Like, I mean, yeah, so go, go tech. tech. Yeah. The more tech we talk about, guys, seriously, our, our audience really enjoys it. If you have a uh, 7 8 hard chrome shaft, let's hear about it. Oh, I do. <laughs> that's what she said. I guess that doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> I don't think that's what the, she wants the appropriate a, drop. She wants a 7 8 chrome <laughs> shaft. That's what she said. One inch one. <laughs> oh, they oh, one, one inch. inch. What? <laughs> so, uh, what size uh, piston are you running on your one inch shaft? <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them have two pistons on one shaft, believe it or not. Oh, my God. That sounds like something you'd see a doctor about. What's, what's the single most popular application, or what's the one that just exploded and you guys could not keep on the shelves for the longest time? The, the, we've always been really strong in the Toyota crowd. We spent a, you know, we, we spent a lot of time tuning, and, and, and the Toyota crowd is kind of, well, let me, let me rephrase that. The Overland crowd is heavy in Toyota, there and those go. guys are super, super tech-hungry and looking for something that's specifically catered to them. Uh, that's just the way those guys are, and, and that works well with the way we are. You know, we've got a very specific package to solve a specific problem, and they like that. And because of that, Toyota, I'd say, is our number one. But Ford, we've always been doing Ford. We've done Super Duties for years and F-150s and then the Raptor is a big one and then of course the new Ranger and uh, and we expect that to be a big hit too. Well and I think uh, one of the most recent places where I experienced your suspension and we've talked about it on the show is the fact that you guys are uh, OE with Nissan on the Titan for their genuine uh, accessories parts line. And uh, yeah. Lightning if you remember we had the Titan Surf Camp here. Yep. That was all Icon suspension on that. And oh, so you guys were right. our, our, our presenting sponsor, Nissan. You guys are actually one of the very first companies to come up with a, uh, a lift kit for the, the Nissan Titans, the, the current generation. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on that. Uh, it's been a great, it's been a great, uh, great marriage for us. You know, to to be able to do an OE project like that. So let's talk yeah. about uh, your wheel line. It seems that you guys have grown that quite a bit, and there's more designs now. Eight lug uh, bolt patterns for for the big trucks, and how's that been doing? I mean, obviously, it's a diversification of, you know, revenue from your product offerings. Was that a hard decision for you guys to decide to put resources behind it? It, it, it feels kind of, you know, it's like a saturated market, too. So how do you yeah, stand so out? Kind of, it kind of was tough because, you know, we were saying, oh, we have all these applications, but we can't be every. we're still a little company. We can't be everything to everybody. And in the wheel market, it comes down to um, aesthetics, so much. So really, 
we had to focus on one thing, a wheel that was dimensionally correct for the suspension and for the vehicle. And then we have a couple different models for the aesthetic side of it. But we don't have, you know, in any width, in any diameter, we have specific to our suspension. And that's our tagline, wheels designed with suspension in mind. And because it can't be everything to everybody, but we can make some wheels that are going to be a, a correct offset and a good fit to complement the suspension packages we do. That so, is interesting because you're right. It's not. It's like the opposite of American Force, where it's whatever you can dream up, you know, they'll make. And even right. if it doesn't fit right or it's, the offset's wrong, but I want it to look that way, you're like, nope, we're going to do it the best for handling and for the best for the suspension. And, it, and it's tough. It's tough because... People, people want all this stuff. And, and you're you like, know, you can't have it. <laughs> That's it. 17s or 20s for you. And how's yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the wheel line, we, we started that back in 2015. We actually, actually introduced it in, at SEMA of 2015. But, uh, you know, above and beyond just trying to get into a different market, it, it's, it's really frustrating when you get a vehicle in or we bring a vehicle in and, and disassemble it and, and, you know, R&D new suspension for it. And then the owner would provide wheels and tires, and then we'd go bolt on these wheels, and you can't turn the vehicle out, out of our you know, roll-up door because the offset's all wrong. So the, the wheel line was also kind of a you know, sort of insurance policy for you guys because now you know much, there's yeah. not ball joint issues. You don't have scrub radius issues. You know that you're not tucking it. inside the body so you don't have any issues with uh, you know, not being correct for uh, you know, whatever the, the vehicle laws are and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's amazing how important wheel selection is for any suspension. I think people Huge. forget about that. They, they don't really think of what goes into a good wheel design, size, and fitment for what they're doing. And a lot of times I've seen people be disappointed with their suspension only to find out that it's because of a bad wheel choice. Totally. Yeah, yeah so someone might be frustrated because they say, well, you said I could fit a 35-inch a tire on this vehicle. And you can, but not with a 3.5-inch backspace wheel. Is not going to steer. So yeah, who knows? He needs that. Well, it's, it's funny that you're saying that right now. I hang out on some of the uh, uh, the Duramax groups on Facebook, and there's a lot of guys buying wheels, and they're putting 35s on, and they can't turn lock to lock. And they're like, yeah. well, "This is BS," because I blah blah. And I'm like, "Dude, you just—it's the wrong offset." And, and if, if you see these trucks that are lifted way more than they need to be because the wheel offset is is wrong, right? Because um, they, they're trying to clear. But you know what? I'm not going to say anybody's wrong because if that's the look they're looking for, you know, it's a shame to have to lift your vehicle eight inches to fit a 35. You could either fit a 40 or you could only lift it three inches. You know, there's some there's other situations in there. But if that's the look you're going for, um, I'm sure you guys have been to Hawaii and have seen the trend out there. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, let's let's face it. You guys have vehicle dynamics is in your name, Everybody. right? And so, what's a little bit different about your performance suspension is you don't want to go eight inches. You want to have the biggest tire possible with the lowest lift for center of gravity for handling and for the suspension to properly work. Wait a minute. So you're saying no mall crawlers? Yeah, they're not really the brodozers. <laughs> oh wait, they did have them on your brodozer. Yeah, they did. Well, it's the, I mean, yeah, but I sought them out, so they didn't really have a choice. I was going to buy icons. Or, or I was just... Or sleep on their doorstep? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> oh, I'm longer shocks. Let me just say we got nothing against small crawlers. I do. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate as that. As, they, as long as they drive nicely on your way to the mall, we're happy about that. Oh, Which, yeah. I love the way it drove. And I'm not joking. This is not like a sales pitch. Like, dude, I, I have run other brands' products, and 
the icons far and away drive nicer on road and uh, well i can't really attest to the off-road capability because i never really took a lifted dually off-road yeah but, but i told but you, you you and i should have taken it off-road once before you sold it and should you have were too much of a wuss and you wouldn't it's do it. because i didn't want to hurt it before i sold it i didn't want to hurt it it's oh, a 3500 you know, dually do <laughs> those vehicles different you know if it's if it's a, a dually or any hd truck we know that it's not seeing as much trail use so we tune it for towing and we tune it for street use. Better off-road ability, but that's not as high a priority as it is for, say, a Raptor. Right. Well, I mean, let's be honest. If Lightning owned a Raptor, it would be the same as the heavy duty. No, tuning. no, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> if I drove a Raptor, I'd be taking that sucker off road, which segues me in back into the electronics. Now, I think it was Dylan, you brought up uh, that at some point you're going to be getting a new electronics, electronic suspension. That seems like you're going to have to o- integrate with the OE, you know, ECM, right? Yeah. So how does that all work out? Well, so far it's working Magic. out, but it's, it's definitely <laughs> Magic. a learning curve for us. So um, the the new 19 Raptor has electronically controlled shocks from the factory. Right. And if you unplug it, the computer gets completely pissed and it won't let you select your drive modes, and then everything gets a little upset. So we had to, you know, fake the um, the truck into being okay not seeing the shocks there. Step two, which we're working towards, is building our own system that accepts the, the voltages and signals that Ford is putting out from their ECU and does what we wanted to do in our shock. So that's step two. That's all in process right now. That's wild. So you built an inline tuner for the suspension system <laughs> is what you've done. And it's kind of well what well, we want we want the logic that Ford's putting out to work with our shock, but to a higher level. So that's all in the hydraulics part of it. You know, the the same, you know, fifty percent duty cycle, blah 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 that's coming out of the wires will make a bigger effect at the wheel. Because we we need you know that that truck is is amazing as it is is for the ninety percentile and our customer is the ten percentile so we have ten to, tenths as we like to say here on the uh, truck I show hate podcast. when you say ten tenths I know you're looking at me waiting for it I know you? I just said 90 I like no because I loved he said ten percentile and then you have to yeah. trump him with your ten tenths ten tenths, <laughs> ten tenths. Yeah. what's the other ten. <laughs> <laughs> When you're talking about electronic su- suspension, yes, the Raptor has it standard with the with the live valve and it's tied to the ECU. However, do you guys foresee the ability to put a module or computer on it that doesn't hook into the vehicle's ECU so that a non-electronic factory suspension setup could be converted to uh, electronic in the aftermarket with maybe a high-end kit in the future? There aren't enough Raptors out there to go through all that trouble. <laughs> Hint, hint, wink, wink. It, if, uh, if that was the only vehicle, it would be much better to just stop at bypassing the system than to go through all that trouble. Interesting. Yeah. So, yes, um, that uh, would would be the natural progression. Of Should it. we leave an awkward silence? No, so it's because you can just no, keep I, filling it. I, I didn't want you to fill it because I wanted Dylan to bury himself by <laughs> yeah. telling us what he's working yeah, he was on. Close. I'm trying to save him because I want to stay friends. <laughs> he's our friend. Yeah. You know what's funny is is you brought up that you know oh you guys made an inline tuner right and I was going to joke how much horsepower do you get but it, what's funny is if you think about it you may not get more horsepower but because your suspension is that much better you're going to be a lot faster so it'll feel like you get more horsepower. Oh, interesting. Right. 
No, it's true. It's like traction or anything else. You know, it, it gets the end result. Suspension can waste a lot of horsepower, too, by being sloppy and... Inefficient, and, uh, lots of axle wrap and... Those are off the ground. Yep, yep. Yeah. Axle wrap is a, is a killer on some of these vehicles. Oh, I can tell you which ones, and I'm sure some of the overlanding people are driving them right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you guys into racing really on, and 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 then how's that grown, your your uh, involvement in racing weekend to weekend? Before we started Icon, I did a little bit of racing. I did Score and Best in the Desert with some OE, in the, some stock classes, you know, and, and the stock classes are all about trying to get as much out of it without breaking the truck. So it really helped us kind of in where we are now, getting a lot out of the truck without breaking the the, the OE, OE side of it. But since since Icon, we've been working with a, a number of race teams. King of the Hammers is a huge one. You know, that's a big one. And we work with Tom Ways for his uh, Ultra 4 car. And that's not only been a great marketing thing, but it's a, it's a great um, R&D tool. Dylan, are there any vehicles that take more abuse than an Ultra 4 car? I'd say probably not. Probably not. Well, no, I'd say absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting for it. I'm like, I was trying to think, what else? I'm just saying, I don't know of any vehicle on Earth. I mean, even the uh, the rover I mean, that they e- dropped off on the moon doesn't yeah. get uh, the, I mean, even the a trophy truck takes a lot of abuse, but that's still not, it's not doing the stuff uh, Ultra 4 is doing. So that's, right, yeah. The the trophy trucks, yeah, the, the abuse is, is pretty, pretty insane on trophy truck, but they've been around longer and they've kind of figured it out. So, you know, the, the ultra four cars are still on, on a bit of a learning curve on how to make stuff live. They're getting there though. Fortunately, it's also become a horsepower game way more than it was even just a couple of years ago. They're all running 800 or more horsepower. Yeah, they're stupid numbers so, now. Oh yeah. It's insane. Um, and for King of the Hammers, that's not, not necessary, but for the rest of the series it is because they do a lot of short course events where they need over 800 horsepower. Sure. So as they're solving some problems, they're creating some problems too because of how quickly that sport's moving. Um, and it's been pretty cool. I, I'd love to do even more than just suspension with those guys. I mean, there's so many things out there that, that they could benefit from. Do you, have, do you have racers running the wheels as well? Yeah, so um, Tom Ways runs the wheels. And so does Jeremy McGrath on his Pro 2 and, short course. And by the way, McGrath, how, how did you guys score Jeremy McGrath as an Icon ambassador? That's that's pretty cool. I don't know, but I sure am glad we did. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> how can we get him on the show with you guys? I have a feeling, was that was that I'm Jeremy? Sure did you play a role? Out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got to get him on the show and talk about short course racing. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. Was short Jeremy course racing and everything. Like, he's such a cool dude. He's super down-to-earth. Um, is he SoCal-based? Yeah, okay. yeah. He's uh, Ken- Is he still in Canyon Lake? Um, where is he? No, no he's down so. south of there a little bit. Yeah. It was yeah. It was really weird. Every once in a while, his name will come up, and I don't think people um, really understand how important he was to Supercross, because Jeremy McGrath— And how accomplished he is outside of Supercross. Sure, sure, sure. But at Supercross, there had been some guys that won Supercross for like two years, three years, you know, uh-huh. Hannah and some of those guys, but Jeremy won six years back-to-back. Yeah. And that yeah. was in that was in the nineties. People who and, didn't know what Supercross was knew Jeremy McGrath's name. Well, when right. McGrath and Pastrana were on the Tonight Show, and their their publicist Cheryl Lynch was a friend of mine and set that up. That was the first time a motocross rider had ever been on late night TV, 
and they went through the you know they went through the the back door and came onto the set and then ripped around and did donuts in front of Jay Leno's desk and stuff and went outside, and that was a, a pivotal moment because in I don't know for if you're not in Southern California you wouldn't know this but the season kickoff to Supercross would be at Anaheim Stadium and it originally was just one night and it would do the whole circuit and it would end in Vegas but then it became two nights three nights. Three nights sold out like every other weekend in January, and it was because Jeremy McGrath was the hometown favorite, and he was literally putting forty to 60,000 butts in seats at Anaheim Stadium just to see Jeremy win again. And it was, he went from, he took it from one night to three nights in Southern California. It was a really big deal. Yeah, and internationally, too. We were midweek, we were testing at, uh, at Glen Helen, I think, and there were some tourists there from France, and they all came over. Oh, yeah. They knew who he was and uh, wanted pictures and everything, and and he's great with people too. So yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a great ambassador, and he was one of the first guys to to make that transition from uh, two wheels to four. Correct? Yep. And we were happy to be there with him when he won the uh, Lucas Oil Short Course Championship uh, year before last, and yep. and uh, and again, that's another big learning curve for us. It's a great R and D tool to have someone like Jeremy, who's worked with OE motorcycle manufacturers and everything you can imagine to have that feedback from the driver to the engineer to um, to the vehicle and, and learn, learn with him. Uh, speaking of Travis Pastrana and hanging out with uh, Jeremy McGrath, mm-hmm. the first year that uh, Pastrana crossed over to uh, in the Baja 1000, he crashed. And I was racing Kodog with uh, Josh Hall. And I remember we had passed his car and it was upside down and there was one tire on fire. Oh my god. In the middle gosh. of the night and it was slowly turning. Kind of like on Pirates of the you know Caribbean or something like right. that. And I remember we both looked at it and neither Josh or I said anything when we were racing. We just like we're like, whoop, we'll ignore that. And I remember asking Josh after the race, I'm like, Dude, did you see Pastrana's car sit down? And he's yeah. like, Hell yeah, I did. And I'm like it was just funny because like when you're in the moment and you're in the the tunnel and you're racing. And you're not pulling anything negative out of your out, you know, your surroundings. You're only focused on what you're doing in your vehicle. But I'll never forget yeah. that one year. I think it's oh, oh seven or oh eight, something somewhere in there. But it was it was pretty crazy. It was like a big deal that Travis Pastrana was racing Baja and he was in a car and he's crossing over. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was his car right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know what's something else about McGrath is that he's so clean, meaning he doesn't get in trouble. He's exciting to the kids exactly who are fans. Exactly the type of guy you want representing your That's brand. That's exactly right. right. Except for, ask him about Jimmy Button's bachelor party in Vegas. So <laughs> I had... Let's just have him on and ask him ourselves. So I will. But So these guys may not know. You ask me, hey, how was, how was Button's uh, um, uh, bachelor party in Vegas? Because my bachelor party... And Button's bachelor party were the same night, and we had a mutual friend, and it was one big party. It was a crossover, and stuff happened. <laughs> you guys had a bachelor party crossing over. We did. We had Love a that. yeah. We had a collabo. So now we have to have him on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Totally. And then he could tell us all about Icon and bachelor parties. I don't know that we can have him on though, because my wife had a crush on him for many years. Your wife's not in studio. Oh yeah, it's You're, true. That's totally fine. Uh, I think, I think there's a number of wives that have a crush on him from. From what I've heard. Yeah, I'm you're not sure. special. <laughs> exactly. Question, guys. So do you do any custom work or is it like, nope, we've designed this for each piece of suspension um, is designed for a purpose and we don't deviate? Or or do you actually make different shaft length and things like that? That's what she said. Right. 
right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, those all kind of fall under special projects. So depends what the special project is. Obviously, the race, the race teams, those are all special projects. All right. And well, how about a uh, how about a uh, a Nissan Hardbody slammed? <laughs> I'm, think, I'm thinking about buying special one. Project. Yeah, special project. Yeah, special project. Nissan Hardbody is a stout little truck. I know the yes, the, it is. When they were doing the um, the little local short course series. That was yeah. one of the good vehicles to start with. Well, I want to put yeah. one on the ground, but it's got. To, I've got to figure out how to get Icon to into find, the mix. You have to find one first. Yeah, I know it's been tough. I've been we, looking. We do do that actually. We do. Uh, we we have um, the ability to to say, hey, here is your extended and compressed length, you know, mounting configuration, and we can custom do a shock. What if your compressed uh, length is really really short? Hey, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Oh, you meant for you mean that? Oh, that wasn't a euphemism. No, no, I wasn't oh, okay. slamming you that time. Okay, I was got just it. curious from a manufacturing standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a very short body. All right, so if you're a VI, I'll try and get the VIP treatment from my my boys at uh, at Icon. All right, I think uh, we, I think we, can, sure we can work something out. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so where can people find you guys on socials? So Instagram, if you at IVD Suspension. Or if you at Icon Alloys, you will find us there on the IG. Uh, Facebook, uh, Icon Vehicle Dynamics, or Facebook.com slash Icon Alloys. Either one of those will get you there on Facebook. And then uh, we've got an Icon YouTube channel. And if you forgot everything I just said, just go to our website, and you can find uh, hyperlinks to all that stuff. Uh, You guys will also be at uh, Moab for Easter Jeep Safari as well, coming up here in a few weeks. Oh, yeah, we're getting ready for that. We're getting ready. Me too. Jeremy might be coming out and join us for a day or so, maybe. That's that's kind of a maybe. Tom Ways is going to be, looks like he's going to be with us all week there. Yeah, might might bring the the Ultra 4 car out and play around a little bit. And I'll tell you, that guy's always good for some shenanigans, too. Well, uh, keep us in the loop. I'll be out there all week. So uh, I'm bringing the uh, Truck Show podcast recorder and going to go where the action is, I guess. Guys, I have one last question. If if someone's looking for a fitment, be it, you know, uh, Toyota, Ford, whatever. Uh, Nissan, definitely. Should they call like a, a four wheel parts or one of your retailers, or do you have someone in house that can, an expert that can talk to consumers directly? Obviously, those all those other channels are great too, but um, we we always kind of encourage calling us and getting the best fit for you. You know, because no one knows a product as well as our uh, in house sales and tech staff because they're in it all the time, and and they all came up through the ranks of production and they know the product inside and out and and i think we can usually steer you in the right direction even if you end up getting it through a wd or your local guy or or whatever those channels are we can usually get you the right fit for what you need that's perfect that's the right answer because so many times companies of your size don't necessarily have i'm glad you approve of their business model (laughs) yeah yeah, right i sound like a dude sorry about that guys no what i meant is that so many times like uh, companies of your size won't have the the proper staff to take calls and they're like just call four wheel parts dude you know but i well, this is so much cooler the people either and we do we do want to deal with the people that's you know it, it's in everyone's best interest for us to help you out as much as we can awesome so yeah, uh it's been one of one of the biggest things here at icon I, I haven't been here as long as dylan but you know seven years uh plus now and and everything you know i've always noticed that compared to other companies we we typically you know, kind of bent over backwards when it comes to customer service. We're willing to take the time on the phone. And, you know, if there is an issue, we'll hear it out. And nine times out of 10, we figure it out with just a simple conversation. 
but you know, it, it's nice to work for a company that really does care about the end user as much as we do. So yeah, there's no call timers on the sales guys or anything like that. You know, we'll we'll chat we'll chat you up for forever. So nine five one six eight nine icon. Tell them the Truck Show podcast sent you, or if you want a deal, tell them Jeremy McGrath sent you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, good. You betcha. All right, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for carving out the time for us. All right, we appreciate it, guys. Thank you. No All problem. Right. Talk to you soon. All righty. See ya. Bye. Holman, something tells me it's time for a truck review. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, we haven't done that in a while. Truck review! Yeah! Rolling, rolling, dragging truck nuts! Ugh! That that wasn't that good. I feel like we were rusty because we haven't done it in a while. Yeah. Should we try it again? Yeah. All right, let's do it again. Truck review! Yeah! Rolling, rolling, dragging truck nuts! Too early. I was ready what are you for it. I was that so was, uh, pent up uh, <laughs> anticipation of it. That was it. like six seconds too early. Oh. What's wrong with you? Here uh, we go. All right. All right. Truck review. Yeah. Rolling, rolling, dragging truck nuts. Ah. Uh, well, even that wasn't <laughs> that good. What's happened to you? I don't know. <laughs> I hope that your uh, your truck review is better than your uh. My truck review? Uh, <laughs> hey, guess what I can finally talk about? I don't know. You're. How about the 2020 Cheap Gladiator? Oh, like drive impressions. Okay, yeah. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Oh, so if you go to uh, fourwheeler.com or trucktrend.com, check out the uh, first drive 2020 Jeep Gladiator, a uh, truck in Jeep's clothing story that I wrote, and uh, this is actually the most comprehensive review. A truck of- in Jeep's clothing. It just occurs you, to me. You said you like that, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got you. Uh-huh. And uh, this is the most comprehensive Gladiator review out there. So if you have been looking for the uh, the all-encompassing Gladiator review, that's the one to go to. But I will summarize here on the truck show for our uh, listeners. Are you ready? <laughs> yes, I am. Now, wait a minute. You're telling me that when you say it's the most in-depth review, uh-huh. 1,500 words? Uh, this is 3,000 words. Okay, that is an in-depth <laughs> review. So that is something that's too long to be printed in a magazine. Uh, no, I think we're going to give it like six pages in four-wheeler and give it all its glory. When the uh, JL came out, we did the same thing. Had a very deep uh, deep dive into it. And uh, It's not like a little blog. This is a real no, story. No, this is like a real story. And and we talk about you know the history of it, the fact that the last time Jeep had a- And you wrote all of this? I wrote all this. Uh, the last... You don't have a ghostwriter? No, it's all me. It's all me sitting on my couch till like four in the morning typing away going, why am I- And your wife's uh... like, come to bed! Oh, no. She goes to bed at 8.30 oh. and then done, out. And I, I don't hear from her again. So basically, <laughs> I'm left to my own devices for many hours a night and I write stories. Um, so we talked about the history of Jeep and the fact that the last time that they had a pickup truck was 1992 with the XJ-based MJ Comanche. And the fact that since then- Jeep has been teasing us about pickup trucks. The 05 Jeep Gladiator, the 2010 Jeep New Kaiser 715, the 11 JK8 Independence, the 11 Mighty FC, the 11 J12, and the ambitious 16 Red Rock Responder. So many concepts and flirtations with trucks. And why lot- did they do so many? Um, of the, these, these testing the market, t- they knew that really? people wanted it. And in fact, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Jeep. Almost came out with a JK-based pickup toward the end of the JK um, model run. Okay. And they decided, nope, 
our costs are already basically in that program. We don't have the financial wherewithal to add on to it. It's better to co-develop the new JT and JL at the same time. And so they decided to push it off and, and gave up two or three years of production of what could have been the JK pickup for the JT. And I think the biggest question that people want to know is, is it a truck or is it a Jeep? Is it just a JL with a bed or does it No, matter? but I f- do they want to know that? Because I feel like we've answered that. We have answered that, I thought, pretty definitively when uh, we feel like it really is a truck. Especially a when truck. you interviewed the guys from Jeep. Yeah, and absolutely. I guess we shouldn't listen to their marketing messages. We should, we should be independently testing it. But I pers- personally, me, Lightning, I think it actually is a truck. Like it, I think they actually build a truck. It has its own frame. It has a completely different rear suspension design. It's a... Uh, max payload is 1,650 pounds. Best in class towing, 7,650 pounds. It shares everything basically from the B-pillar forward with the Wrangler. Everything behind it is all JT, which is very cool. And uh, so we find out that two engines will be offered. The two-liter hybrid, mild hybrid that's in the Wrangler won't be offered. It'll Tell be me the, about the diesel. It'll be the 3.6. The diesel uh, is late availability. It'll be 260 horsepower and 442 pound-feet of torque. And the, tell me about the diesel. The Pentastar is 285, 265 for those of you keeping score at home. And tell me when I can get the diesel. Both will have a eight-speed automatic. And when can I get the diesel? And uh, will not be available till at least later this year. Late availability. Boo! Uh, and then uh, you get the same command track, 272 to 1 transfer case, as the uh, regular JL. And then also the 4 to 1 Rubicon Rock track case, but not the all wheel drive select track case from the Sahara, which is sort of odd, I thought. Okay, um, back to the diesel. How popular do you think? It, I love it. I love I love diesels, as you know. But it'll be backed by an eight HP. I'm eight speed transmission. How popular it will be? It will sell every single one that they make. Oh well, do, are they making four? Uh it'll sell <laughs> I mean, way more than I four. Know, I know, especially with the pricing that we found out, it's pretty affordable. Before, obviously, the diesel will probably be a forty five hundred five thousand dollar premium, right? But it starts pretty reasonably priced, so we'll see. Okay, I don't think they're gonna have a problem with it. So uh, the difference between the uh, the gladiators in terms of crawl ratio, thanks to the eight speeds has on the gas model has a four point seven one to one first gear. The crawl ratio is seventy seven point two to one on the autos. What? Which is crazy. Wait, wait, weren't we just tripping out the other day at like a fifty three yeah. to one or something? Yeah. And this is a in the power wagon. I think we we're talking. This about. has a seventy seven to one. You said seventy seven point two to one in the auto. The manual eighty four point two to one crawl ratio. Wait a minute. Which is crazy. Like, those are insane no, numbers minute. 10 years ago. Okay, but wait a minute. On so, a factory vehicle. So what is idling in first gear is... I don't know, a mile and a half per hour? Yeah. <laughs> something, <laughs> something like that? You could walk faster than Yeah. It. You could probably get out, stack boulders, and hop back in if you <laughs> yeah, wanted you to, if you're, if you're quick enough. I just can't even wrap my head around how low that is. So the Gladiator is, as we talked before, 31 inches longer than a Wrangler. Uh, it has a wheelbase that grows by 18.9 inches, so it's 118 in the Wrangler, 137 for the Gladiator. And people are saying, oh my God, it's so long, but the Gladiator Rubicon is That's best, what she said. <laughs> best in class approach and departure angles. So when you compare it to some of the other things, the AV Brute, which was a JK-based pickup, was 139. It's actually a little over an inch shorter than that. The 05 Power Wagon, the first gen of the, of the modern Rams, 140 inches. And then the current Toyota Tacoma and Chevy Colorado, the short beds are 127 and 128. The long beds are both 140. So it sort of splits the difference nicely between the short bed Colorados and Tacomas and the long bed Colorados and Tacomas. Okay. 
and uh, has all the all the normal towing tricks, four and seven pin trailer plugs, and integrated trailer brake controller. Uh, the Gladiator has bigger grill openings, a more powerful fan for engine management, for for thermal management, for towing. Um, class four receiver. Uh, just a, a ton of tech. Plus, the rear axle is 10 millimeters thicker on the tubes, has 5% larger brakes, and the JT has almost double the payload as the JL does in certain uh, configurations, and tows as much as 4,150 pounds more than the wagon. So that tells me right there, that's a lot of truck. Yeah, but here's the thing. I'm told it's sold out. Uh, they haven't gone on sale yet, so that would be hard. No, wait a minute. I told that I was told that every unit, maybe this is a, a wife's tale, every unit is is spoken for for like the first year. Sort of. They have enough hand raisers who put their emails in on the website to get more information yeah. to basically sell out the first year of production. Oh. But the money hasn't changed oh. hands. Or anything, oh, so. oh, oh, oh. Okay. But I guarantee so, you they'll they'll be difficult to come by. Okay. But uh, if you really, really have your heart set on, you can get one. You'll but, be able but, to get one. It'll so. be the wrong color, but you yeah, can get yeah, one. It might be. Or you can order it and before the order books you know run out. But uh, the rear suspension actually uses RAM uh, 1500 parts in it. Oh, no so kidding. the uh, control arms front, or excuse me, the control arms uppers and lowers are forged steel, and it uses a variable rate spring instead of a linear rate spring. It has different sway bar setup, and it's Fox shocks, uh, 2.0 smooth bodies on the uh, Rubicon, and they're all the shocks are canted forward versus the Wrangler, which has shocks mounted opposite. Okay, and can you disconnect the sway bars? The front sway bar is electronically disconnecting on the Rubicon, just like on the wagon. Oh, wow. And you get 33-inch tires for the factory. However, with the Rubicon and the higher fender flares, it'll fit 35s with no lift whatsoever. How does that work, by the way? How do they electronically disconnect? Uh, there is a mechanism. So you think of a two-piece sway bar. There's a mechanism in the middle that has like a collar that slides, and it locks them together. Okay. And the collar slides, and then they're free to rotate. Oh, I have them. seen that. I've seen Okay, I knew that. What's cool is you can fit a 35-inch spare under the uh, rear of the bed. But we're told some 37s will fit, which means if you pick the right 37-inch tire, you don't need to get a bumper with a tire carrier on the back of your pickup truck. It'll be totally hidden and out wow. of the way, which I think is huge. Sure. And then you know you get all you get the CarPlay and the Android Auto and the big 8.4-inch UConnect and you know USB ports and super comfortable seats and all that stuff. And in the back, the seats. Isn't there like a isn't there a stereo in the back yeah, of this one? Yeah, you get a uh, removable Bluetooth speaker that lasts 12 hours on a charge. Uh, you can lock the seats in the upright position because there is storage behind there. That way, if you have the top off, you have lockable storage. The bottom of the seat cushions fold up stadium style to reveal a lockable storage bin, which is very cool. And then the bed is uh, the bed's interesting. So it's steel. You know, Tacoma is uh, is SMC. General Motors has a new carbon fiber. And SMC is sheet molded compound. It's like a fiber, uh, like fiberglass plastic. It's a composite resin, okay. basically. The bed is five feet with the tailgate down. It is six and a half feet. So if you're a tall guy, you can still sleep in it with the uh, with the like a, like a like a instead of a California king, I got a accidentally got a uh, an Eastern king, which is wide <laughs> yeah, and short. Wide and short, yeah, exactly. And then my feet are hanging off. Yeah. Well, no, I, I mean I'm short guy, short so guy, I'm still yeah. inside. Yeah. Uh, but it's like a, like a twin bed, you know, at a crappy Motel Six or something. You, what you do is you get a, a inflatable bunk bed, and then you have your friend on the upper thing crushing you with the mattress from above. No, uh, no. Okay, I prefer not. Uh, so the tailgate uh, can can uh, fold down at a forty five degree angle, and when is it, it like a Swiss Army knife? Uh, it like is like a Swiss Army and, knife. Okay, it is like a Swiss Army knife, and the tailgate at forty five degree angle is the same height as the top of the wheel wells, and so you can carry twenty sheets of four by eight plywood on top of that. Plus, it has power, one hundred fifteen volt outlet in the back, LED lighting, get a spray on bed liner, a soft tonneau cover that rolls, uh, tie downs in the the head of the bed, tie downs along the rails. But what I don't like 
is it's shallow. It's only 18 inches deep, which is cool because you can palm the bed standing next to the truck, which means it's really easy to load it from any side. It's sure. not a, you know, a really high sill. But you can't get that much into it. Well, if you have an ARB fridge, like a standard 50-quart or a cooler, it'll stick up above. Mm. And so you, if you want to use a tonneau cover and have a fridge, you're going to have to get the right one that's low enough where you're not going to have interference there. Gotcha. Fortunately, the, the soft tonneau cover rolls up, which is in, in and out of the way pretty easily. Also has some pretty cool features. It's got a forward-facing trail camera with the dynamic grid lines and the Sunrider soft top, if you get the soft top folds back and stows at the back of the cab on top, not behind the cab. Oh, that's cool. That way if you have cargo in the back, it doesn't intrude on that storage space. Okay. Which is very cool. So there's there's a ton of things to like, but what you guys really care about is how it drives. Wait, before you get to that, okay. if I option the sucker out to the hilt, what am I going to be into this thing for? Oh, I'm guessing mid-50s. Yeah. Would be my okay. guess. I haven't played with the configurator, but it is online, build and price at jeep.com. So uh, if you want to play with the configurator, you can see... All the different options available. And actually, it has some options of, above and beyond the JL, which is pretty cool. I was just, uh, we were working on a JL at work, and I was just stunned. I hadn't spent much time in one, and this one, it rode so nice. Oh, they're amazing. It was so nice. Yeah, they, they did a and great job. They, they really did. And it's it's just, it's everything you want in a Jeep. I know it sounds silly, but like, and uh, if I was going to buy a Jeep, it would be the jail, and then the Gladiator came out. And yeah. it's all about, to me, it's all about that. Yeah. I mean, they're they're both pretty uh, pretty awesome. I like the Gladiator. There's, you know, behind the wheel, I was really impressed. The steering was awesome. It was the best riding solid axle vehicle I'd ever been in. And that is not easy. I mean, it was better than some of the independent front suspension trucks out there. Literally rode better than wow. on solid axles. The magic that they had. And Jeep put us on a uh, drive route that was really tight and twisty with potholes and stuff because yeah. they were so confident in the chassis. And the Jeep never stepped out. You never had any of those big impacts reach the cabin. The suspension's tuned really well. The brakes feel really good. The cabin's quiet enough where you can make a Bluetooth phone call without yelling, what? You yeah. know, well, I can't yeah. hear What are you driving? Oh, I'm down PCH. I'll call <laughs> you back later. Um, all that stuff was really good. So on-road manners, you will not be disappointed in the Gladiator. It was really amazing. How's this thing going to be on 37s, 38s? Awesome. 100% awesome. Okay. It should be on that from the factory, but, you know. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's they never just, are, right? Yeah. But the fact that you can get 35s on it with no mods is pretty cool. Uh, and then, of course, there's a suite of safety technology. So, um, you know, if you are like me and you back out of your driveway at the exact same time every morning, there's a person walking their dog behind you on the sidewalk. Sure. Uh, it's got... Uh, you need to tell that person to walk at a different time. Every day. And this thing has such a big C-pillar because of the, the soft top and the hard top and the window that I had a gladiator in my driveway. I could not see that person. Beep, 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 right? It has a rear park sense, rear cross path detection. And a camera. As well as a camera. So, uh, so the, that's great well, for all, all vehicles are mandated to have cameras. The camera now, correct? Yep. Yeah, all right. Uh, but uh, commuters will appreciate blind spot monitoring, forward collision, and it has adaptive cruise control. I know you're not a fan, but kind of interesting. It's not that, that I'm not that a fan. Technology. It's just that I don't, I don't know that I would ever use it. But we'll see. But great to see that technology trickle into things like Jeeps. I mean, you can sure. take it on the Rubicon and then hit cruise control and not even have to touch the pedals on your whole yeah. way home, which is kind of cool. It's interesting how long that um, adaptive cruise control has been around since like O2 in Mercedes and like AMG yeah. cars. Well, the technology the is now getting to be affordable enough and is is not really experimental anymore that it's it's actually pretty good. Okay, who cares about the Gladiator on road? Yay, that's awesome on road. You'll be impressed. What Off people road. want to care about is, is it a Jeep? And it has a real manual transfer case lever. It has full skid plating, I believe five skid plates, so you're covering everything on it. It's got rocker protection. The rear of the beds have a cool little rock rail, 
behind the axle to protect the corner of the bed, mm-hmm. it'll hold a full third of the gross vehicle weight rating oh my gosh. Of, of it. So they're super stout, so you're not going to mess up your bed You know, dropping off a ledge. Um, it has 30-inch water fording ability. Uh, you can get it in ATs or MTs, so they're using Falcon Wild Peaks on the truck. They use BFGs on the uh, on the uh, wagon. How cool is it if you're that tire company and you get that contract? Well, so what's funny is I introduced Falcon to FCA. You're uh, not going to try and take credit for no, this marriage, About you? five years ago for the Ram program, and they ended up working with them on the Jeep Renegade, and they ended up getting them on the uh, the truck. How did they win that? I mean, I, I assume that they didn't just talk to Falcon. They must have talked to your, oh, I, I'm sure. your Toyos and your Nitos. But, that, but your... that relationship started at the Detroit Auto Show when uh, I was talking tires with one of the engineers. And he was saying, yeah, we're constrained on some. We're looking for other aftermarket tires. What would you recommend? I said, oh, let me give you a couple people to talk to and put them. It's like speed dating or uh, blind dating. Right. Put a couple people together and it's five years later they have a baby. <laughs> you know, and you're like, hey. Me, all right? You can name <laughs> yeah. the kid after me, right? I'm so the, the, I'm the uh, godfather. The Holman MT will be on the uh, Gladiator. Also, the longer wheelbase makes it super stable in rocks and side slopes. Uh, we had a chance to go rock crawling with it, which was awesome. And like the Wrangler, it has optional steel bumpers with removable wings to make it a shorty, but you can also get a winch plate from the factory and use the factory steel bumpers to bolt in a, a winch, which is, which is awesome. You don't even need aftermarket bumpers if you don't want to, although there's some great ones that will be out there. And Jeep says the Gladiator has the best-in-class approach, breakover, and departure angles. And ground clearance is 11.1 inches, which is a lot of air. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of technology that I don't care about. Hill descent control. Yay. And uh, selectable speed control, which is like cruise control where you just steer. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell how fast one mile an hour, two mile an hour. And the Jeep handles all the throttle. And then you just, yeah, I, I don't, no, I, no, no, like, whatever. No, no, thank you. Uh, they do have a cool thing called selectable tire fill alert, which flashes the lights and honks the horn when you air up after the uh, your trail ride. Yeah. That way you don't have to keep using the gauge. You just fill up your tire and then it'll beep at you. Wow. Oh. It's like, oh, okay, that's well, kind of cool. Or street pressure, which sure. saves a lot of time of, oh, man. Keep pulling the gauge. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it honks, right. Wow, that's kind of cool. My favorite thing, and I'm getting- It honks and flashes. It does honk and flash. <laughs> but no, it just occurred to me, like, I was thinking of something on the dashboard, or go beep, beep, but this no, is like, from nah, the outside. Nah, nah, you're, no, 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 just- Hey, be- a-hole, you're going to blow up your tire. Well, Stop. Not quite that aggressive. Okay. Uh, and I will take- Beep, 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 And I will take- <laughs> And I will take credit for the off-road plus button. That's, uh, that's, I'm going to, I'm going to own that one. Really? Yes. You're an idiot. Nope. You're an idiot. I am not. You know why? Why? You're not getting paid nope. to contribute. Nope. You're not getting any residuals. None like of a, it. Like a TV star who did a commercial I, that airs nationally and you get money. I just like making products better. I have the opportunity to see these products years and years in advance from a bunch of different companies. You can't share it. So I'm excited to be like, hey, that's something I told them they should have. And there it is sitting on the dash. That's awesome, except- you're Nobody st- knows, except for my podcast <laughs> Exactly. <listeners>. So <laughs> Off-Road Plus, which is which is awesome, allows you, so in uh, in four low, it assumes high friction and low speeds. When you're in the transfer case four high, it assumes high speed and low friction. So what it allows you to do, because it adjusts the electronic stability control, the accelerator uh, sensitivity, and pedal responsiveness, it allows you in the high speed stuff to drift and not have the nannies come okay. at you, which is, which which, is what I which like. Which you hate. So yeah. You, yeah, exactly. So you can drive, drive it like you stole it, and not have the, the vehicle intervene. In low range, when you're crawling, it takes out the sensitivity for the pedal so that you're not like, oh, you know, okay. going over rocks and stuff. 
and then it turns up the sensitivity for the brake lock differentials, which is when the vehicle is using its brakes to also help sure. send traction to the opposite sure, axle. Sure, modulating them, right? Yep. So that, that's a lot of tech they There's built a into this. Ton of tech. So you're saying that that's yours? I I that's I'm taking that one. So that was that was a million dollars in R and D, probably. Probably something like that. That you cost that poor company. Nope. That I that I that was my gift to the enthusiast yeah. is that you can go take your Jeep and go sideways and smile. Couldn't they have had like an Easter egg in there somewhere? So like it it like There's lots of Easter eggs. No, an Easter egg to Holman. Uh they don't. They don't. Yeah. It's fine. I'm not mad at all, Jeep. But you would have loved had they done that. Right. I mean you have the the Rick Payway sandals on the cow, right? Right. And That's my, pretty amazing. And my friend, I don't know if we told this before, I think we did. My friend Mark Allen, who's the head of design for Jeep, told me once, and I said, oh, really? You're going to take care of Rick? But what about me? He goes, oh, there might be a fat bearded man hidden on here somewhere. <laughs> like this. Can you imagine if there, there was? was? Yeah. Like, I, there's not. 30 years from now, we unbolt the seat and we find out that it's on the upholstery on the yeah, backside yeah, or something. Yeah, you'll never see it. It'll be like the submarine guys where we sent the stickers and then they're going to decommission that, that submarine at some point. There'll be truck show podcast stickers yes. like, hidden in various places. Please. Uh, although the Jeep design team and Mark's gave me a very nice flask in New Zealand with a handwritten message about thanks for helping on the program, which is prized possession for me. I mean, that's cool, cool, but it's no bearded fat man embroidered on that would the be uh, funny. cushion. That would be funny. Um, and then here's a little thing for you guys. This is, once again, I'm sharing this little pro tip. Hold down the ESC button or the traction control button for five seconds in off-road plus mode and just go have fun. Oh, it turns off all nannies? It's just like another level. No way. So I'm just saying, if you get your Gladiator, there's an extra step that makes you have more fun. Uh, Sort of like in the Chevy Colorado ZR2 uh, or the Raptor has Baja mode. That's sort of what off-road plus with the uh, ESC button for five seconds. And is it in the manual? Uh, I haven't seen the manual, so I don't know. Okay. I don't know, but I can tell you that it, it... exists in function on the vehicle. Okay. All right. So we've talked about it. it's great. I love it. The design, the bed. The it's a lot here. of gladiator oh, talk right so now. So much greatness. There, there's nothing wrong with it, right? I'm so blinded by my love for the gladiator that there's nothing That's wrong with sure it. sure how it sounds in my seat. Nope. There's a few things that I'm not super happy about. Poor K. So you know me. I'm a manual transmission guy. Yes. And I will buy anything manual if it offers it. Yes, that's true. And this is the first vehicle where I thought I might get the automatic, even though manual's offered. Really? Yes. Okay. So I'm incredibly disappointed to report that the six-speed manual is a total letdown. And that as oh, fans why? and why? advocates of saving the manual transmission, the Gladiator is not doing our cause any favors. Uh-oh. And uh, the, the reason is that there's absolutely no feel in the clutch for the friction zone. And so, therefore, it's super hard to modulate. It feels almost like a computer game. There's zero feedback. And so, when you're rock crawling with it, you're stalling it. You're stalling it from stop signs. And the shift linkage just feels really artificial. And so, matching that shift linkage with a pedal that has a lot of travel but zero friction zone, it's really hard to figure out. Why is that? It's just the way it was designed. We talked about it to the engineer or with the engineers on the drive, and they said they're working to make it better. But as it is, is right it ele- now, is it an electronic issue or a, no, a physical no, it, issue? It's a mechanical issue. It's just okay. for whatever reason. I don't know if talking to Will Beatty over at Center Force, if his heavier flywheel will help, friction material would help. Uh, he's got one over there right now that they're working on, I guess. So I'm anxious to see if those things help. But in terms of driving it, it's just not a pleasurable experience. And I love sticks. So well, when, when you're saying makes me sad. that um, it's not ple- pleasurable, like you is it uncomfortfortable or no, you just, just, you just, just don't, you just don't like exciting. driving it oh no, no you just okay. it's the interface is awful 
Mm. You just don't like driving it because it's so vague. And like, I like that man machine interface. I like to click that gear into place and know exactly where my friction zone is on the clutch. And you can't tell on this one. Oh, wow. Interesting. And the other thing is with the eight speed automatic transmission and 410 gears of the Rubicon, you can put 35s on it without regearing. Because that first gear on the eight speed is so low, okay, you can get away with it, and you don't need to regear. And in fact, if you have thirty sevens, depending on your driving style and stuff, may not need you, to regear. I would say yes, you should, but for some people, they won't have to. You may never get into eighth gear; you'll be in seventh instead of eighth for overdrive, right? But you could probably get away with not regearing huh. with thirty seven. So there's another thing for the automatic that's sort of like, hmm, that's yeah. interesting. I also think that if you look at behind the rear doors, there's a big dead space. The, it's just sort of the cab is boring right there. I asked, why didn't you guys put an externally accessible, lockable storage door there? So you pop it open with your key, and you can put toe straps or whatever. And Jeep said they had looked at it, but that they would have had to redesign the body structure for strength and crash. Oh, yeah. So I get it, but I think it's a missed opportunity because I think if they really wanted to, they could have done that. And then the other thing is there's an awkward interface between the front of the rear fender flare and the cab. So the flare is at a slightly different angle than the rear stamping of the cab. Oh, they're not parallel. No. Mm. And where they come together, it just doesn't, it just grabs my eye wrong. And I'm like, oh, you were so close. Will the aftermarket fix that? I mean, by taking flares off and yeah, and right. putting metal ones on or something exactly. like that. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, some of us like having the factory flares. We like that kind of look to it. And it just sucks that that line, at least on the pre-production trucks, didn't really line up. And you can see it in any Gladiator photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be better for production. I'm not sure. And then lastly, I think they had a missed opportunity also with the rear window. So the rear window is solid. It's hard mounted into the hardtop. And there's a little tiny slider that's about 12 inches square. They have a slider? in Yeah. Oh. And I'm like, why would you guys do that? I'd rather have the rear window on the hardtop be like the hatch on the wagon where you pop the hatch up and now you can put a surfboard or eight-foot ladder sure. through the bed into the cab. Yeah. And if you have it where you can take it off... And just put it in your garage. Now you have a truly open air experience without taking the whole roof off. Right. Take off the front freedom panels. But they went with a slider. They went with a slider. So I, I well, think that's, that's, that's kind of lame. But again, those criticisms aside, Gladiator is going to be an unmitigated success. There's no doubt about it. Starting price is $33,545. Uh, and it's a lot more affordable than what most people were expecting. The Overland model starts at $40,395. The Rubicons are 43545 which is about an across-the-board increase, about $2,000 over a similarly equipped Wrangler. And then fuel economy, depending on the model and tire size and stuff, is between 16, 17 city and 22, 23 on the highway, which is actually pretty good. Yeah. So overall, I loved it. It's going to be a great truck. I can't wait to see it up on 37s, 38s. They're going to be all over SEMA. Yeah. But the goodness that is baked into the uh, JL, exists in the JT. And after so many years of knowing about this program and having my little thumbprint on it here and there, I'm just excited to be able to talk about it. And uh, it's it's awesome. Jeep did a great job. And if any of you are out there looking for a, a Jeep pickup versus a wagon, you can't go wrong either way. They're both great vehicles. And I think the uniqueness of having solid axles in a midsize truck makes the Jeep Gladiator uh, a very unique choice in the space. And then the only one that has removable top and configurable and all these different ways. It's just super cool. And uh, I can't wait to see him out in the world. Can you get me one to play with? Yeah. I'll probably do that. Yes. But why would I want to? Hey. Truck review. Yeah. Rolling gold and dragon truck nuts. 
That was a truck review. Thanks, Holman. You're welcome. Word on the street is it's email time. Oh my gosh, I love email! You email? Yeah. going first sorry i'm dancing i know i'm just waiting you out are you gonna read scott's or yannick's or lars or mark i don't know we connor got a, we got a lot of them tell me where you're gonna start man these guys have been uh emailing us like crazy way you starting uh let's see let's start with um how about john ring okay Am I reading or are you reading? Uh, you you start. Okay. Uh, so John says, hey guys, I discovered the Truck Show podcast back around episode 15 or 20 and I've been listening ever since. The guests and content are awesome and I love it when you take the time to provide simplified explanations for those of us who don't know all the acronyms and science involved in a topic. By trade, I operate a CNC tube laser and CNC tube bender and I'm also a hobby welder. So I enjoy hearing from your guests who get into CNC machining, welding, and all things fabrication. Yes, all truck talk is awesome too. And of course, you two keep the show entertaining and the second you meter down to zero. Before finding you guys, I tried a couple of other car-related podcasts, all very high on the suckage meter, and pretty much geared for people who can afford hundred thousand dollars plus for. Sounds a like car. the suckage meter is a real thing now. Uh, I, apparently, <laughs> like we kind of were. It's like an Apple Watch app or something. So uh, when you're the suckage meter, yeah, the ping, yeah, yeah. Oh, it vibrates your wrist. Yeah, okay, that's what it is. It says, uh, being from Minnesota, <laughs> we deal with a lot of snow, ice, and cold. You don't say. <laughs> I've always wondered why an OEM hasn't developed a four by four truck that is front wheel drive, one and two wheel drive. Well, there is the uh, Ford Courier coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Seems to me that a front-wheel drive truck would get much better traction than a rear-wheel drive. Any thoughts? Um, I would say it makes it awfully nose-heavy, and you would probably spin around a lot. I think the uh, ESP, Electronic Stability Programming, Mm -hmm. sort of saves those vehicles today, but that's a lot of unbalanced weight. So I think you would have to have a front-wheel drive truck with a ton of weight in the back if you didn't have all-wheel drive uh, in order to balance it out. Right. he says, I've attached two picks, taken 12 hours apart of the display in my 2017 Silverado. As you can see, it was a little chilly here during the polar vortex. Uh, he has on his display uh, minus 26. Ouch. <laughs> you know, during that same uh, time period in California, it was a very, very brisk 59. Yeah. (laughs) He says, uh, also, because you two ruined my Chevy by pointing out the off-center bow tie in the steering wheel, I've been pointing out to every Chevy truck owner I know. When I told my wife to check it out in her 2016 Silverado, she says she already knew and doesn't care. Oh, nice. (laughs) It's like a bar trick. Uh, You're like, I'm going (laughs) to bum you out, dude. Come on, let's go. I did that to you, and uh, you have been bummed out ever since. In fact, you were so bummed out, you sold sold the truck. (laughs) (laughs) Says, uh, keep up the great show, and... Five stars. five stars. He That's says, right. I'm anti-Apple, so I can't give you five stars on my phone. Sorry, guys. Thanks for everything. And that's from our friend John from Shakopee, uh, Minnesota. Isn't it funny that people who um, have Androids, they're not just Android users. They hate Apple. They went to an Android because they hate Apple. Yeah. Right? Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. The Cult of Apple. This one's from Spencer. Hey, guys. Just listened to the Portal episode and loved it. Got me thinking about some of the other trucks that have portal axles, uh, like the Steyr Pook Pinsgauer that can either be a 4x4, 6x6, or even a few of the Volkswagen Bugs that had four-wheel drive and portals. I also have a question for Holman, and this oh. might be one of those questions that is going to make Thunder Buddy make a storm about. Hmm. Could this be? <laughs> okay. I heard a rumor going around Toyota 
that they're talking about going with a front-wheel drive Tundra with electric motors and rear end. Is this thing real or is it just a rumor? As always, love the show and makes my commute home from the shop on Sunday evening when I get the new notification that much better. Thanks, Spencer. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what to tell you. I There's been lots of rumors. I don't know that that makes the most sense on a body-on-frame truck where you would have a front-wheel drive and then rear electric motors. I think it would be mm-hmm. the other way around where you would have a rear-wheel drive and then the 4x4 would be front electric motors. Um, I would say it's... Uh, just a rumor. There's a lot of R&D going out there, people figuring out what trucks are next, but uh, Toyota would actually have to do something with their current trucks in order to uh, have something new. <laughs> right. Ouch. All right. I got one here from Lars. He says, hey, Holman and Jabuble. <laughs> that always okay. makes me laugh. He says, I'm curious what your thoughts are on aftermarket headlights. Love H-I- them. HIDs and LEDs and love light them. bars. Love them. Love them. Even when they're bright at my face <laughs> in another oncoming lifted truck, I still love them. Uh, he says, it seems like all new vehicles have way too bright of a headlights. As a truck driver, I'm on the road all day, every day, before the sun comes up and often after the sun sets. And these extra bright lights and light bars are excessive in my opinion. And I think the light bars are illegal. By the end of the day, I'm tired, so my eyes are tired. And then I meet a vehicle that blinds me. Of course, it's nice to see deer or whatever so you don't hit them. But do we need to see them from a mile away? I like to see where I'm going to. But do I need to burn other people's eyes in the dark? I have bright headlights in my semi, but only the brights. Maybe I'm the only person who feels this way. And rant. Keep up the great show and... Five stars. Okay, so um, here's my beef with LEDs: yep. is that when guys do or not, HIDs, not LEDs, yep. uh, HIDs don't put HIDs if you don't have the proper uh, fixture for it. So, for example, if you don't have the limits, right? Um, the horizontal limit lines. It's like a little. What, what would you call that little piece of plastic they put in the the headlight assembly so they don't go above a certain height? Yeah. Right. It's a, I don't it's know. A cu- it's a beam cutoff, right? It's a beam cutoff, exactly. And you should have a distinct line. So what a lot of guys do is they'll put an HID in a housing that was not designed for it, so it just brights up everything yeah. in front so of them in, it, in a, the in a optics spherical ever, beam. Yeah, the optics weren't designed for it, so the efficiency of the beam pattern is not. So there's a lot of light leakage and all that. It's uh, No, 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 hold on. It's not What I'm talking about is not light leakage. It's that sure it's, it is. it's round, a round yeah, light Yeah, that's light leakage. No, light leakage is if you had a cutoff, but no, it's no, no. Gr- it, spraying out the corners or whatever. Well, what are you talking about? That's, okay. that's what I'm saying is is the you put it in a housing that wasn't designed for it. So yeah. rather than being in the, the beam pattern that that optics, those reflectors were, it's so bright and not made for that housing that the light leaks past what the design parameters were, uh, parameters yep. for the beam pattern. I've seen headlights that don't even have restrictors. They just are round yeah. lights. Yeah, those people should be shot. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm less mad about people with low beams that are bright than I am about uh, high beams. Oh, high that beams are, that's on my pet peeve. I hate that. Yeah. It's like, uh, where's so my people. freaking LED sign? I know. I, I know. need my we LED sign so I can hold it up. People turn so, off your high beams. I, I drive cross country all the time. I've done 24 hour stints before. And I agree. There are times where my eyes are messed up because, you know, dusk or dawn in your light, you know, the, the, the twilight and your eyes are trying to adjust. And then somebody comes with the brights. Um, I've got auxiliary lights. I've been on Highway 70 in the mountains of uh, of Utah where there's nobody coming. And I've got all my lights on because, like you said, I don't want to hit a deer. However, if I see any lights coming the other off. way, they're off immediately. Yes. Off immediately because I don't want to blind the truckers. And a lot of times, you know, the truckers are the guys looking out for you on the road. And so you don't want to piss those guys off. 
And so um, I, I think more light the better, but use them responsibly. That's from Matt. Hey, guys, I was listening to episode 59 when you went to the email and started to talk about Volkswagen diesels. Well, just so you know, you have a listener that is handling the sales of those diesel vehicles. Ah, what? interesting. Okay. Yes, it is true. There are tons of VWs sitting in a storage lot waiting to be repaired and sold. Currently, the vehicles are being moved from the storage lots to auction houses all over the U.S., and they're being repaired and sold to dealerships to be placed on the used car lots. That is the very short story on what's going on with the Volkswagen diesels. I would like to buy a repaired one. That um, would be fun. Unless they sucked because they're repaired because they were pretty awesome would, when I they would, were illegal. Uh, I would unrepair it. Uh, well, you shouldn't say that on no, a, I uh, no, no, you I, would not. You I, I, uh, I advocate for clean air that's and right. healthy kids. I, did I say that? I didn't say that. Uh, you guys didn't hear that. That's interesting to hear that they are being fixed and uh, they're not all being crushed. So I'm now happy that they're not a complete waste of vehicles. And it'll be interesting to see what their values are after they're fixed on the used car lot because those are all pretty awesome vehicles back, uh, back in the day. And I'd be also curious... How does it hurt drivability? And I haven't heard of anybody who has a fixed There's one. going to be a black market of guys that turn those back to how they were. I would imagine there will be. Yeah. All right. I've got one from Ronnie. He says, hey, Holman and Lightning. Uh, Holman and Lightning. Were you even listening? Yeah, I heard Holman and Lightning. Okay. Whatever. I'm All numb right. to it now. Cool. Whatever. Great. Uh, I was binging on your previous episodes and really got into the SRT Ram episode and reminded me of a time where I almost got fired because of one. Oh, no. By the way, that is our uh, most downloaded episode. It's the one with Freiburger and the SRT 10 Ram story with okay. uh, Herb Helbig. Okay. Yeah, it was good. The I, was, chief engineer. Was it Freiburger or was it the it was uh, SRT? Well, that made it. I'm I don't saying, know. Yeah. So what was interesting is that episode made it to the SRT uh, Facebook groups and forums and- Really helped us out of all the fans of who owned that truck. No kidding. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he says, after I got out of the military, I had the misfortune of working for a Dodge dealership. Suckage Mito was pegged. <laughs> <laughs> Wrote it just oh, like yeah. that, too. Uh, one day I was walking the lot. Up well, the- well, I, can I pause you there for a second? You sure can. I think you and I have talked about this before. There was the time before Ram. Yeah. And it was Dodge. Yeah. And there was a lot of suckage going on, man. Yeah, a especially, lot. Especially the later ones. And uh, they really, really have turned that ship around. Oh, big time. Uh, Daimler came through and gutted the company. Yeah. And so they made some really not great vehicles for a while. One day I was walking the lot, updating the inventory list, when I caught the gleam of a rear bed spoiler on a Ram. Further investigation revealed that we received two SRT-10 Rams overnight. <gasps> Both were regular cab manuals, one in red, one in black. The desire to violate one of these trucks was simply <laughs> too much, so I schemed a plan. I found the general manager and told him what I found. He said, get the keys, get them detailed, and we'll put them in the showroom. Okay. What I heard was, get the keys, find your buddy, and race them. <laughs> These are people. He says, not people. Yeah, totally. He says, not five minutes later, the dealership had 10 plus complaints and a phone call from the owner of the dealership asking why two brand new Rams were doing smoky burnouts all over town. Surprisingly, we didn't get fired, but we were called the Dodge Brothers for the next year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's cool. He says, completely worth it. P.S. The same owner took the black one home for the weekend and brought it back on a flatbed with a blown motor. Also, P.S. Hope you like the FBI swag. Yes, he uh, sent us some shirts and FBI pens. I didn't see those. Sure you did. No, you <laughs> ass much. Where are they? <laughs> says, please tell me you didn't send my shirt to the FBI Academy because some employee at the shipping station is definitely wearing it. Sincerely, Ron. Um, no, we have not sent it out yet, and uh, we thank you for yours. We we owe you a trade. Yeah, there's a giant do. box, but I've been all over the country and traveling and busy, and Lightning just gave up on sending shirts out. I guess is that true? Uh, no, I need to send some out. Okay, there's no question about that. Uh, your shirt is in the mail. In the future. You're listening to Future Us telling you that in the future you'll get a shirt. (laughs) 
This one's from Haley. Hey, guys, my boyfriend is obsessed with your show, and I was wondering if you sell shirts and merchandise. His 30th birthday is coming up, and I wanted to get him something with your show's name on it. His name is Trevor, and he gets so excited when you guys read his emails on the show. I tried looking online, and I couldn't find anything. Let me know if you guys start selling apparel. Thank you, Haley. And Haley, you're the best uh, girlfriend ever, and although we don't have some any to sell at this moment, I will send you one if you write me again and put your <laughs> and, mailing address. And, and remind Well, uh, there's no address here. So I can't, I couldn't okay. possibly send one to Haley or Trevor. Uh, I think we actually have Tra- Trevor's email we and do? address. Yeah. We just need to actually send him a <laughs> Crap. All right. I got one last one here from Mark and he says, I saw this Honda Ridgeline while sitting at a stoplight in a lunch break today. I thought it was appropriate given your definition of what a truck is. Thanks, Mark. He has a picture of a Honda Ridgeline in the uh, w- rear window sticker. says, I used to drive a real truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, too bad. Oh, man. Thanks so much, everybody, for sending in your emails. If you want to send us your uh, questions, opinions, advice, uh, any of that good stuff, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Ooh, and I can't forget to uh, bring up a few of uh, the reviews. We haven't done reviews in a while. And, guys, uh, we really appreciate all your five stars on uh, Apple. It helps us out. Your reviews. And please subscribe and share with your friends. So, If you're uh, at a ball game and, um, and, and the person is on an iPhone next to you, grab it. it. Rip it out of their hands. <laughs> Uh, go to the search field and start typing P-O-D-C-A-S-T podcast and their app will pop right up. Go to Truck Show Podcast. Give us five stars. How many stars? Five. Five what? Five stars. Oh, just like that. All right. So I've got one uh, from V-Force guy. It says, Corolla who? He says, this, <laughs> this is hands down the best podcast I've ever heard. I used to listen to several other automotive podcasts and I stumbled across this one. Figured, great, another so-called automotive show. But after seeing Sean Holman's name on it and somewhat familiar with his career in journalism, I figured I'd give it a shot. During a long road trip home from Colorado, I listened to the first couple episodes and I was hooked. They are funny, serious, and have great information and outstanding guests, Gail Banks being my favorite. After binge listening through all the episodes and getting caught up, I'm like a junkie waiting on his next fix. Great job, guys, and five five stars! stars. Sweet. Thank you very much. Uh, And we've got one from uh, Joe. And he says, uh, What's up, Joe? One year anniversary gets one star review. And he says, Since it's your one year anniversary, I wanted to give you a one star review. In truth, the show is too awesome for a one star review. So I gave you five. (laughs) (laughs) Five Five stars. stars. He says, uh, Go Big Red. Hello to you fine folks from Lincoln, Nebraska. Really enjoyed the podcast. The interviews have been fantastic. It's fun to hear all the fun folks get to have with their rigs. My little Toyota Camry gets jealous of all the fun the truck guys get to have. I've been working to save some money and get my 1984 Jeep J10. Awesome. Wow. Jeep truck. Back and running to have fun with it. Until then, I may have to upgrade my Camry to something with a bit more capability. What's worse, his Camry or my Mini? Uh, my mini. <laughs> yeah, probably your mini. I'm never going to let that down. I'm going to have to sell this just because of this show. He says, uh, though the idea of a 4x4 camera has crossed my mind a few times, <laughs> I'd rather have a 4x4 Dodge Charger before then, though. Ha <laughs> ha. Would love to hear an interview with the guys at Expedition Overland. Those guys took a couple Toyota 4x4s through Alaska down to South America. Pretty awesome stuff. Keep up the great work. Check those parameters, and we'll see you on the trails. Totally eight-star material. What? Eight stars. Oh, wait, stars. <laughs> oh, wait, do it again. I was right. I was gonna do a five star, right? Eight stars. There we go. I've got one here from PKF18. It says lighting and Holman are great and very enjoyable. I work at a Chevy, Buick, Cadillac, and Toyota dealer. Wow, that's, that's an odd combo. Super odd. It says as a detailer, uh, so when one comes in or is sold, I clean it for the lot. Keep up the great work, and I love the theme songs. And he says five, five stars. stars. And the last one from Polo One Sam, air suspension episode. Great show, guys. 
Five stars. I feel like that was a good show. What do you think? Uh, I just love any time I get a chance to talk to my good friend Steve Sanders from Cummins. Yeah, he's uh, he's the bestest. And the other Icon guys are pretty good too. And I wasn't kidding about Icon, dude. I've run him on uh, two different trucks, and I could not love Icon more. I don't think. Well, I love that they- uh, I could marry it. You could. You could marry uh, <laughs> Dylan and Jeremy, and it would be a, a, a weird kind of love. Yeah. No, I think I'll just like their products. Uh, you know what I like about them? What's a, that? they make a great product. Yeah. Uh, B, they make uh, the suspension for uh, Nissan Titans, which yeah. is pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah, they do. Well, we need to thank Nissan right after we play the outro. Watch your email, guys. Make sure you send us one. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That's truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. And don't forget to hit us up on our socials at Truck Show Podcast on Instagram and Facebook or Truck Podcast for the 34 of you out there who care about Twitter. <laughs> no, one's, no one's hitting us on Twitter. And we want to thank Nissan. No, not yet. Oh, no. Five-star hotline. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. 657-205-6105. The five-star hotline. 657-205-6105. Five-star. Five-star. Hotline. Leave a message, and we will... We, You know what? There's a there's a really good chance that if you're uh, you're informative, you ask a good question, or, or funny. you're funny, you're, you're <laughs> going to get it on the air. So we appreciate it. want to thank Nissan, without whom we would not have this podcast. Um, we, we can't thank you guys enough. If you're interested in... In a, in a new truck, please check out the Titan, the Titan XD, uh, maybe the Frontier. Uh, but the Titan, five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, best in the business. No reason not to look at it. It's it's more truck than you would expect to find sitting on a deal a lot waiting for you. And then also, if you've got a bunch of random things rolling around in the bed of your truck and you're looking for waterproof, lockable storage, check out our friends over at Decked.com for their awesome sliding drawer system. Can hold 2,000 pounds of payload on top of it. Locking, weatherproof, awesome. Did we decide if I they got were a lot of? Uh, I got German a lot of bearings? BBs. BBs. Yeah, I have a lot of BBs. That, that makes I for a really heavy drawer. Right. But it can take it. Yes, it can. Because it is well made. Well, I always vacillate between BBs and pellets because my, you know, my little rifle that I do with the kids in the backyard, we're always like, do we do the single shot pellets or do we do just BBs and ding, 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 ding? Uh, I just <laughs> use an AR. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, right. two, two, three is great. I'm staying away from your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that was the idea. Oh, man, I almost forgot to play something on this show that we always play. Just play it now. Master, monitor, key, engine, parameters. <sighs>